Airbus.net Podcast Network. They come from the bowels of hell, guided by a master plan on complete domination of the earth. It has aroused such emotion that the management has been forced to state positively no refund. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Deliberations of Doom podcast, a deep cut horror uh, critique podcast with, uh, well, everybody start off introducing yourselves. I'm Rob. Philip. Patience. And Randy. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> Randy. Randy. And I'm Russell Summers. Uh, and if you're, if you're wondering, yes... There are two of us, me and Rob. You can't tell us apart. It really doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. It's really not. It seems deal. weird. It's always that way when you get to know twins for a while. Because at first you're always like, I don't know which one is which. And like three months later, you're like, I don't know how anyone could ever mistake. It's <laughs> <laughs> obviously the right twin. Also, you've secretly picked a favorite twin. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and today, um, our our big topic will be uh, a list of new and streaming. Horror movies, I guess, horror movies that released sometime in the last four, four years, years. Four years rule, yeah. or something like sometime that. Sometime between now and t- 2014. Just, we, yeah, we went with the, the loose definition of recent. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just got sick of doing like 60s and 70s movies because we did a lot there for a little while. So we are like, let's sick. do some newer uh, stuff. Sick of is a strong word. Oh, okay, me. I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Actually, this was my sneaky way of making sure we reviewed the monster. So oh, you've been trying you, to. I've been trying to get that on the podcast since the first podcast Literally. we did. I want to talk about it, and I at that. So yeah, I, I sneakily was like, "Hey, you know, we should do one on like new and streaming." I, I think uh, that'd be that, good. that was true. And then also, uh, Philip was really excited about uh, the the Cult of Chucky. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Phil came so, all out both barrels yeah. like Cult of Chucky. Have you guys seen <laughs> Cult of Chucky? <laughs> so that that kind of prompted this list. Uh, I, I also would like to say, um, if you're if you're new to the podcast. Uh, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast, so yep. if you haven't seen one of these movies, you you know you don't want to get, uh, you know you, you want to start in fresh. Then you, you're probably we'll try not. and talk around spoilers briefly, but usually we go in pretty quick. It, yeah. it happens, just yeah. it happens. It it's yeah. best to watch it and listen along <laughs> and argue with us, right? Uh, if you're not following us on Facebook or Twitter, we usually are trying to get y'all to uh, help us make these lists too. So you can join in if you want to follow us on and Facebook. Instagram and Instagram, yeah, yeah well, on all the socials. Like I, the millennials. I guess pour yourself a drink and hear us bitch. And yes. you can find us at South by Southwest at anywhere there's free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> or at least Chris. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure Patience and Phil, too. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're adult. We, we, a little bit. we actually have an internal chat group of just called basically, oh my God, there's free stuff here. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Most of Twitter is during South by Southwest here in Austin, which is a film festival or a music festival in... Uh, interactive festival for those who don't know. I already saw a pretty decent horror movie from it that they sent me early screen before. I was like, wow, I almost really loved that. Oh. But, you know, I can't. Ah, I'm not allowed to talk about yeah, another, <laughs> another festival uh, hit. A rousing endorsement. <laughs> Put that on the poster. But that's not like when you're like, man, this is so good. It's so original. It's so cool. And then it'll make one decision where yeah. you're like, fuck, you had me. I was like, this is great. And you have a character do something really incredible. I feel like that's like that, a that review could probably apply to most of the films. For yeah, that. I was about to say, that's about 60 to 70% of the movies that we did, talk did about. Did they kill here. a cat, Chris? No, no, cat no. Die? No, no, no. I don't have an issue with that. I'm not okay. like, like, some people are like, I love an- this animal so much that I hate a movie if it kills an animal. It's like, it's all, they're killing people. You're Close weird. Years. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about the movies we're going to talk well, about. But yeah. first... Uh, we uh, asked right before we were about to record if any of our uh, listeners had any questions for us. 
Um, and so inviting disaster. Now we yes. got a Q and A going. Without further ado, uh, question number one from uh, Dennis. Uh, he said is a quote difficult question. What do you guys think are the best uh, PG thirteen post screen films? Uh, I'm going to kick this off with the easiest answer: uh, The Ring. Yeah, was that is that PG thirteen? For sure it was. Yep. Oh, so good. Yeah, so good. So I, see, I'm out. I'm out. I hated the ring. Wow. What? I, I'm so... That's like not liking chocolate. I'm I mean, sorry. I wow. just... I thought the ring was like just... I, her uh, like defunct parenting just bothered me. All right. Well, do you have a PG-13 movie post-1996 uh, that you dug? I don't think I do, actually. Um, I'm... You liked Insidious, right? No. Oh, I thought you liked the Insidious No, ones. I didn't like that. Oh, and okay. I hated 1408... Um, what wow. About, what about, wow, I like that one a lot, too. What about the, the others? Yeah, I did like the others. The others was pretty good. The others is... With Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Yeah, you know, I know the movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, my great, God, we're ghosts. Great setup. It wasn't as twisty. Sorry. Uh, best, great setup and uh, just an okay movie. I, I just... Uh, uh, you, you were just telling me how much you enjoyed Drag Me to Hell. Is that a PG-13 yep. movie? Yep. Oh, yeah. Shut oh, up. You nice. wouldn't think, because it is splatter-heavy. But it's splatter-heavy in a sort of, like, not gore, it's but, a like, thing. like, like ooze. Like, there's lots of, like, spit and, and pus and stuff, but not really so much intestine. And there's no splatter either. either. Isn't I mean. it a metaphor for eating disorder? <laughs> I read somewhere that... No. I'd have never gotten that from that. Really? Anybody else get that? Uh, no, because there's no... It's I not about food or anything. I have a long time, to be fair. Nope. So. I would, uh... <laughs> uh okay. The Sixth Sense... Yeah, that's but that's one. like, isn't that, that's pre-Scream, isn't it? No, no, no. no. Supposed Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even years later. Uh, so um, that when you get up in your high 40s, everything kind of blends together. Uh, the Clo- Cloverfield? <laughs> the first Cloverfield? Is that, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Mothman Prophecies? Ooh, good Ooh, one. that's I a good like one. Yeah. Someone else likes Mothman Prophecies? I, like Holy Mothman. Shit. I, I love that movie. I've that always movie. been scared to bring it up, because I just assume I was the Wait, only so person does, who liked does it. does everybody here like Mothman Prophecies? <laughs> Do you like, Phil? Mothman? Do you like I, I don't even don't remember you it. Mess this I, you know what? I don't you know what I love is, it was such a, it was such a Chris moment, like, like where Millhouse meets the other Millhouse in The Simpsons, and he's like, this is what it sounds like when doves cry. Oh, that's right. This is what it sounds like when Mothman cry. I reviewed that on Spill, and I was like everyone's like it's terrible what's wrong with you no. Chris? Oh, what's wrong with like this movie and i was like and maybe something is wrong with me you guys are all so <laughs> yes great. there is but not that Chris. <laughs> that's not yeah, what's I, wrong i don't think i ever saw was it a remake or an original it was, it was a original. Original. richard, richard Gere. Gere. Okay. it's yeah. a pretty solid interesting movie I um it. mama Mama, I really yeah. liked. Uh, I liked uh, Exorcism Emily Rose. Do we like that one? Yeah. It's not great, but it's pretty good for PG-13. All right, so PG-13 horror does exist. Let's move on. All right. Uh, uh, good question, Dennis. CJ asked, um, that's kind of a, a long question. Of all the new horror directors on the rise, Adam Wingard, Mike Flanagan, Jordan Peele, uh, Robert Mitchell, who did uh, It Follows, uh, Dave Eggers, who did The Witch. Jennifer Kahn, who did The Babadook. Would you call Jordan Peele on the rise? I think he's risen. I, mean, yeah. he I think he's he just one of motherfucking arrived. Yeah, who, anyways, who are, the, who are you most excited to follow? Uh, he picked Jordan Peele. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm actually, I agree with him in the sense that Jordan Peele's doing a Lovecraft anthology horror show that all deals with racial and social issues at the same time. And I'm like, wow, that's a challenge. I am really curious to see how you're going to pull that off. 
So I'm more interested in that from him than anything else, to be honest. I wouldn't bet against him. Do you think he's going to stick in the horror genre? I think he'll probably his, keep coming back to his it. His next movie is. He already yeah. said his oh, next wow. movie Oh, wow. That's horror. awesome. Yeah. Okay. It didn't, I didn't know if he was going to you know branch out from there. I, is he attached to like a new Twilight Zone? Uh, he, I think he was, and right now that seems to be in a little bit of development hell. I mean, he's attached to a lot of shit. He's totally del Toroing the up in this bitch. Like, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. Mm. Well, you can't do this all of that. This is his moment. No, yeah, yeah. So. Pay or play deals, man. A lot of them are going to fall through and he's still going to get paid. So, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, like I think everybody lists his stuff that I've been really excited by and stuff I was like, yeah, it was okay. You know, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody in particular that I'm like, wow, I agree that Peel did something that was kind of remarkable. I don't think it's as great a horror movie as it is just a great movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't find it scary. Well, but then again, I'm a white guy, so. But on that, <laughs> on that okay, so on that note, though, but I mean, what, what, what do you, who, is there, a, is there a particular new horror movie director you're going to see everything that they make? Or you're really excited to see whatever. I mean, everyone he listed, I'm going to watch whatever they put out. You know, I'm excited to see what those guys who made Afflicted make next. That guy, Derek Lee mm-hmm. and Cliff Prowse. They've only yeah. made that movie, nice. really. And I want to see them do something else. They did that for nothing and it was cool. And I want to watch uh, more stuff by them. So hopefully they make a new one. Yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah. But like, it like. Inventive. Was, really it was, inventive filmmaking. It was like the horror equivalent of Chronicle. And remember what happened after Chronicle? Nothing happened. David David Mitchell, I think you mentioned you did It Follows. Uh, Something called Under the Silver Lake. Well, that's his next film. um, Oh, it hasn't come out yet. I read that script, and it's not really a horror movie. It's It's sort of of like a Chinatown. But also, sort of a weird. It it goes to some places that um, are. Uh, somewhat sort of fantastical, almost. Even though it, it starts off as sort of this um, conspiracy. But he's not thriller. sticking with horror, then. Yeah, but I'm interested to see what ha- what yeah, he does with that he's movie. Really talented. Yeah. Patience, you got anybody here? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm a huge fan of Flanagan. I've been a huge fan of Flanagan. Flanagan since, continues yeah. to yeah. I I, I just think he's, he's great. Even though I'm not super happy with um, the ending of Gerald's Game, yeah. I thought Gerald's Game as a whole was amazing. You just turn it and off with five minutes left, you'll be fine. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> that's right. Point. And then we're going to talk about Before I Wake Tonight, which I thought is probably his weakest movie. Okay, um, I'm not really a big fan of Before I Wake, uh, but I, yeah, Flanagan I think is a solid director, and I think he's he's got some great momentum going with his Netflix deals. Um. But Jeremy Solnay, I was that's room. a really great one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking him, and um, he did a Green Room and a Blue Ooh, Ruin, and I just think that dude is so and good. Just, Murder Party and Murder Party, and, Murder Party. and he's doing um, he's directing episodes of the new season of True Detective. Oh, oh super, wow! Yeah, wait, they're set. making a new season of True Detective. Yeah, yeah. where you been? They're in the yeah. right now. I guess I just had my face in my laptop no, watching horror. Films. It was one of those like it kind of felt like the second season did so poorly for HBO, yes. and I know you guys liked it. That's not a criticism of per se, but it did really badly for but them. The, no, but oh, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. It it didn't have a huge critical. A claim, yeah, but I, a lot of people watched it. The, I don't think it was a bomb. It wasn't like people stopped watching. Well, no, the the premiere was a huge hit. By the fifth episode, they had sure. dropped down to but, one of the lowest things on the on HBO. But on on the positive, the uh, president of development for HBO took it on the chin and said it was his fault for forcing this guy, the guy to write it so quickly. When it took him like what six years to write mm-hmm. the first one, I, I never thought it would be gone. 
because you could pick it up, you know, ten years from now. And I liked it, so whatever. Yeah, I didn't mind I, it at all. I thought the second I season you, that will be rediscovered in the next year. We uh, reevaluate. I, I liked it. I'm going to say flat out. I think the idea of like these anthology season shows as a brand, rather than every year we have to have a new one, is going to be a thing that's going to be catching on. Is they're going to say we can attract top talent as long as we're not saying you have to put one out every year, with the exception of Ryan Murphy, who apparently is the Stephen King of television. He wants to put one out every year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was like, can't stop writing. Um, um, but like, you know, I mean, like the guy who's at Ryan, uh, what's his face that does, uh, Fargo, who's like, yeah, I'll do another one when Noah I have Holly? a, Noah, yeah, Holly. Noah Holly, sorry. I'll do another one when I have a good idea for it and not before. That's and the way it should like, be. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's the way all these new streaming services should do is you should have that kind of freedom. I um, hate I, that they buy into episodes too. Like you have to give me a 13 episodes. I only have enough ideas for yeah, 10 yeah. and they have to fill Bullet, you know, bullshit characters and storylines, and then you and, you and you can feel it. Yeah, you can feel them padded if, out. If I've only got enough for seven, you get seven. That's how it should be. You know, that's and I feel like uh, the show, and the, this is not horror, but it is sci-fi. The OA, which I was mixed on, <laughs> yeah. but they seem to really embrace what streaming could do. Is you know, the first episode's like an hour and a half. The credits show up like an hour into the that's show. Right. Yeah. Then some episodes are like forty-five minutes. And I feel like that's the future of streaming where you just do what's best for the story. It's not a, a delivery order episode or You're whatever. You're not selling ads in it anymore. Yeah. You're not buying yeah, It's just yeah. the length you want to tell the story you want. And I feel like they're starting to get there. Really, I liked the OA. Yeah, I would like to really defend shows like the OA. I love those things. We're like, we're not spelling everything out for you. It's And it's taking big chances. It's like I was saying with like people who did not like Annihilation or or at least went, yeah, it was all right. It's like, yeah, but support it. Because we want to keep getting more films like that. And yeah. I'm the same way with shows like OA. We want more stuff that's like makes the studio go, oh, this is worth our while to take chances with interesting projects. Um, so I was going to mention uh, for other directors, uh, two two guys that I was really excited to see whatever they were going to do. And now I'm super dreading what they're going to do next. Uh-oh. The Sprig Brothers. Sprig Brothers. Oh, yeah. Two really, really They're incredibly in talented. I love their first movie. I loved... Loved the Daybreakers, yeah, and um, their yeah. last two movies, which were horror, Winchester? straight up horror movies, Jigsaw and Winchester, Winchester, Winchester are both atrocious, just really disappointing. Fucking from those, and it's it's a it's it's obviously mean those guys have talent, but some somewhere along the way they're they're not getting to make it. One person I want to point out, um, this is uh, Chris and I are really championing this. Uh, Nick Anacasa, who makes uh, Channel Zero, yeah. which is sci-fi's anthology <laughs> horror uh, show based on creepypasta stuff on the internet. Just, th- if you're a horror fan and you're not watching that, I mean, forget American Horror Story. That is the real great horror show on TV For right the record, uh, Don Mancini, who mm-hmm. is the writer of every single Chucky film, including the one we're going to talk about today, uh, wrote three episodes yeah, he worked on of season. Channel Zero. Yeah. And, and of Hannibal, because there's a reference of, in Cult of Chucky where he goes, man, I can't believe they canceled Hannibal. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize um, at the time. So I just, you know, he, I, I just am excited. I'm, I'm hoping he sticks with that genre because I think he's really good at it. So Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, what was, the next? was there another question? Uh, well, let's save the other question for the next episode. Oh, good idea. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about some movies. Let's yeah. not, let's try not to forget. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, try not to drink too much. All right. We're brought to you by I, Tolomar No Promises. Dew today. Yeah, I, <laughs> no Promises. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Tolomar Dew. All right. Yes, whiskey shall be drank. <laughs> that is right. one big-ass bottle of Tolomar Dew. You're welcome. <laughs> It was Phil's turn. Did you take a picture of it just for? I like, did. So they understand if things go terribly wrong by the this second is, half. The, this Irish is whiskey did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All, all right. right. So with all that being said, 
Robert. Yes. Summers. Yes. You've been Is pushing I- for this damn film ever since I met you. Yeah. I've been like, did you yeah. see it? Did you watch the monster yet? Have you seen yeah. it yet? Oh, yeah. we're watching Cujo too. Yeah. Thank you! Oh my god! Thank that you. is not a bad thing. Seriously, no. that's, that's a good the thing. The whole entire time I was like, man, I should really listen to our Stephen King episode because if he puts down Cujo just once, <laughs> I am going to call you out on it. Because mm-hmm. right. this is literally the second Cujo. Well, then let's get into it. Um, okay, is this, is this me? This is me, it's right? You. It's it's you. You, okay, so um, The Monster is a 2016 horror film. It was directed by uh, Brian Bertino. Uh, who has who wrote and directed The Strangers, and he wrote and directed this. Um, I love The Strangers. I, I did have serious problems yeah. with the second half, but I think the first half may be one of the best horror movies ever made. Like I think it's genuinely terrifying, and it's really cool. It's like you know has interesting characters. It has stuff going on. It has metaphor. Um, so, anyways, uh, this film uh, stars Zoe Kazan, and I'm, I don't want to this girl uh, Ella Ballantine Ballantine. Yeah. Uh, who is the who plays her daughter? Um, Zoe Kazan, uh, who you probably know from The Big Sick, she is, that's probably her biggest thing so right wonderful. now. She is, uh, really terrific. She's the granddaughter of, uh, is Ilya. it Ilya Kazan? Ilya Kazan. Ilya Kazan. And, and Ruby Sparks, also a movie well, I she wrote highly the, yeah. recommend that she's in. Uh, and then, uh, and then she, um, uh, she is the daughter of Nicholas Kazan, who won the Oscar for writing Reversal of Fortune. He also wrote Fallen, which we reviewed on the show. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, uh, big, and her mom is a director as well. Um, so anyways, uh, big, pretty big, uh, uh, lineage there. But anyway, she plays a alcoholic, um, young mom who is driving her daughter to her father's to leave her there. They're sort of, she wants to kind of be rid of her. She is, um, wants to just kind of self-destruct and doesn't want her daughter around anymore. And the daughter has been dealing with her mom's, uh, destructive behavior and abusive boyfriends and is pretty sick of her, which we see in flashback as they're driving there. And, um... They are, uh, they hit a wolf in the road. Yep. And, uh, at that point, um, they are stranded and they're hurt. Uh, a tow truck guy comes out and there's an ambulance on the way and they begin to realize that there is a giant weird creature that is in the woods in the rain and is stalking them and the people coming to help them. Would you say it's a monster? <laughs> I think the movie establishes pretty probably yeah. that it is. Well, what's great about this, okay, so, um, I have been pushing. I was really blown away by this movie. Um, Dude, I, I mean, when like, I, I loaned it to you, I believe. No, no, no. I watched it on Did Amazon you? Prime. Okay, I thought yeah. I loaned it to you. And I remember when I came into the bar, you were like, oh, my God, Chris, yeah. come here. Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris, yeah. Chris, have you seen the monster? Mm-hmm. We need to talk about the monster. Yeah. I loved the monster. Yeah. You loved it I so much. Really, I think that it. it's an interesting exaggeration probably. The no, you were have, super excited. And I, I was very high on this movie. It almost made me like it less. You liked it so much. I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a weird shooting fraud <laughs> thing to say. You know like, I, mean? I was like, no, I don't know. I'm enthusiastic. You know what? I, was I like, love when people love things. Unlike Chris. No, I wasn't like for that. <laughs> you know who the real monster is? It's fucking Chris <laughs> and his black heart. This has been long as <laughs> No, it's because you were so excited about it. And, and that like, made you like the movie less. No, no, no. I'm not I, tracking. Because I really liked it, but I wasn't, I hadn't really thought about it as deeply as you did. And the more you were talking about it, the more I was like, I'm not sure I liked it as much as that. And the more I was like, yeah, that was good too, but I'm not sure I liked it that much. And then like by the end of you talking about it excitedly, it was like, okay, there are some things I hadn't thought about I didn't like 
<laughs> Until you brought them up. Oh, weird, <laughs> weird conversation. Right. That, I don't remember it going that way, but all right. It so didn't. I, I was being polite. You're well, hopefully the people listening to this podcast will like the movie more uh, as they gush about it. But um, maybe Rob likes it. Fuck. No, I, I do think this is a great movie. Uh, I do think it's I know, a great right? movie. Um, <laughs> I just see both of your little vignettes playing out where like, yes. you're like just kind of like, yeah, it was a good movie. And he's like, oh my God. Like, two completely different storylines happening. It's like uh, Rashomon in this bitch. Well... But I think the thing about this movie is that I wanted, I did want other people to see it. Like I did want to share it. That's how, because I really, I think it, it's a, you know, we watch so many horror movies on here and so many of them really elevate the genre, but this one especially was acted and directed on a level that I think it was exceptional. It excelled in a way that a lot of horror movies don't. And I, the idea of the monster, like, cause to me, obviously there's a monster, but what, what horror movies great at is the, the metaphor, and I think that in this one, the monster is, you know, the mom and her and her and her real her demon, like her alcoholism, her addictions, and I love that the way the movie plays with that um, metaphor. And then, honestly, the two lead performances in here are just out of like out of the park. Like Kazan and uh, Ballantine are like so 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 good um, that I just. I think that they're, like, honestly, like, Zokazan's performance in this was, like, my favorite female performance of that year. Like, I just think we don't always see a character like that and then an actress of that caliber, like, bring something like that to it. And when they're in the car, stalked by the creature, and, you know, I was rewatching it last night, and, you know, they're looking at the creature, and, and they don't know what to do. And that was, it was so believable and relatable, the way that they performed it, um... I just, I don't know, it was, it was one of a kind for me. And I, but, you know, I watched it with Russ, and, and Russ liked it. I remember I was like, oh, my God. And Russ was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. But to me, it just it just grabbed me. And yeah. I, um, that was it's a really pl- good Russ impression. Yeah, though. you like that? <laughs> Russ is indifference. And then uh, the, the practical... Do you, do you want to use my phone? Sure. Okay. The, uh, the practical... His twin brother does a great impression of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... The practical creature, I think I wanted to give a shout out to you that, you oh, know, I mean, totally. oh, that was I mean, I mean that alone. And I think like, you know, I do think the movie is not perfect. I think it has pacing problems. Um, I think that it could be a little tighter. I think, uh, Meh. yeah, I mean, it has, it has little things, but, but for me overall, like of all the movies on this list, I can tell you, you know, this is a movie as a, like as a filmmaker, this is the kind of movie I'd want to make. Of all the movies we watched this time, the eight movies, this is a movie that if you ask me, like, what movie, I would hope to make a movie like this if well, I was going to make a horror and, film. And I, I, the longer I work with you guys, yeah. I get to know you, the more I'm like, because you really like the human story, the the monster is just kind of more of an outside metaphor. Right. Not in, in the literalness of the of the film, but in what's actually important and what's is most likable here. It's that human story. It's this relationship between a mother and, and the daughter. It's almost a fable in or dream in the sense of the monster being representative of what's going on with the mom. You know? Right. And and I you know and I just I don't know. And I think but I think the movie succeeds on I don't think it's maybe the scariest movie, but I do think it's suspenseful. I think it's exceptionally well shot and directed. I mean especially it's a low budget movie in mostly one location. Um they do a lot of interesting stuff with things I've learned from watching you guys <laughs> with like just the way the camera setups are yeah. with things that are out of focus versus things that are in focus. Right. The way the monster is shown and when it's specifically not shown. Yeah. They had a lot of freedom too. They built their own little highway. Yeah. They built their own little roads. They could have a lot of freedom and put up like some lamps and... Yeah, they literally built that road. Uh So I don't want to... I don't want to... 
I don't want to, you know, just, I'll just gush. I, I, I can't recommend this higher. Again, I don't think I can emphasize the two lead performances, especially Kazan, are so exceptional. Um, I think the movies we're seeing just for that. And I think that it's a well-written, smart movie, and it's, it's, it's better than most of the stuff in this genre. And it's good for even beyond genre. But anyways, I go on and on. So I'm going to toss it to somebody else who wants to... Well, I'll go. Keep, oh, yeah. okay. Patience. Um, I actually... So this was the first time I'd seen it. Right. And so I was like, and you've been telling me to see it for yeah, like literally been, a year. So I finally yeah. we're gonna you know, we're gonna make a literally jar. Li- by the way, sorry, no, okay. nobody's. Right. You gotta put a quarter in every yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I thought it was shot well. I really liked the relationship between the mother and the daughter, and you get that metaphor right away. Like, mm-hmm. who's the monster? And even the daughter has some monstrous tendencies at times as well. That's a good point. Um, yeah. That they show in the flashbacks and stuff. So you're like, okay, she puts everyone. She a knife to her mom's throat. Yeah, she, while her mom's passed out, mm-hmm. drunk or whatever. Um, this movie almost made me want to quit drinking. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just glad I don't have kids. Um, <laughs> I think that its weakest points. (laughs) Uh, I think it's. I think that its weakest points are that it's a tad bit predictable. Um, You really, you you know, you go into it knowing right away, you know, what's going to happen. I think. Well, if you're, you know, a student of horror films, anyway, um, you you kind of know what's coming. But I liked how they didn't show the monster until about midway through, and then when they showed the monster, you weren't disappointed by it. Yeah. And that's, like, never happens. Like, Mama? Ugh. No. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I thought it was a solid movie. Beautifully shot, for sure. Um, I, that just, it's an interesting point about that. Uh, they don't have, there's no mythology to the monster, right? Like, there's no place where it comes from. It's just they a don't, force of nature. Right, it's just a thing that's out there. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure, I would, okay. Which that's, is cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I love, I'll, I'll go next. Yeah. Like, I love the way it really isn't until super late in a film that you see an in focus shot of the monster. There's like, like lots of stuff where it's there, but it's just out of focus enough to see. It's slimy. It's kind of xenomorphish. Yeah. Which is the alien xenomorph, but like not enough you can tell what's going on, but ultimately it's in just an animal. You know, it's an animal they don't know about. And, and as I said, this is a fable. It's not important to, I mean, there's not probably not going to be a, the monster too. You know, this doesn't feel like this kind of film. The, the very fact that Zoe Kazan was even attracted to this was like, okay, there's an indie resonant, indie film resonance to this that's here. And there really is. And that's the strongest part of it. And the fact that they did get, they didn't do anything bad with any of the horror stuff or like mishandle it is, is a huge thing. Cause a movie like this that is obviously coming towards it with more interest in it from the indie relationship mother and daughter angle and didn't fuck that up. That's pretty remarkable. In fact, Elizabeth Moss was the first person cast for the lead role in here. Mm-hmm. If that tells you anything about where they were looking towards like the audience. For this film, not horror movie fans, indie film fans. Scott know? Speedman was in this. He's, yeah, the, he's, he's the, voice. the abusive boyfriend who asked for the keys. Oh, that's yeah. like two seconds. Yeah, and he's the voice on the phone. Scott Speedman in horror story is like they told me I was going to be an A list actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what happened. Thank you, Underworld. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. those residual checks are nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think this is really 
beautifully shot. It's uh, it's just so strong with Kazan and her relationship with his daughter. That there's almost a point that I just don't give a fuck about the monster story anymore. I'm yeah. just kind of like, if there's a fault, it's that that story is so good. I'm like, yeah, I kind of almost wish they'd be like, oh, look, the car started. All right, let's yeah. go. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, the, you know, I feel like there's some decisions at the very, very, very end. I'm like, yeah, but it's, that feels a little on the nose. I'm like, okay, like, where, what are we going to do here? That's the only point where that sort of horror movie and interesting indie relationship film kind of come at loggerheads with each other. But I, it's not enough for me to say not totally strongly recommend this film because I do totally strongly recommend this film. Yeah. Uh, Phil? Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw this about, about a year ago. I think it was on Netflix, I think. Um, is it still on Netflix? It's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime? Okay. I watched it on one of those. And, uh, I remember, um, like watching it and, you know, think uh, I'm just going to be watching a regular horror movie. And then, you know, they bring in this allegory that's just, you know, so strong that you really do get an idea of like what Guillermo del Toro was talking about, about why, you know, The Shape of Water was an important film because, and why it, it adds to that horror genre because you can do so many things with it. And you don't just have to make a movie full of kills and bullshit. You can actually relate to people and real life issues and real life problems by using, you know, horror a, a, as a way to uh, have allegories and metaphors and, and, uh, I remember this movie kind of fucked me up a little bit because I had just done two horror movies back to back. <laughs> and then I watch this and I go, fuck, I can make a horror movie that actually, like, I give a shit about and it has a heart. And because of this movie, I only want to make movies that actually mean something to me now. Oh, like, oh wow. When are, when are those coming out? Oh, they're coming out. <laughs> I've got two of which in pre-production now. So that's I, I've only so been writing. It had that big of an effect on you. For sure, because oh, wow, this movie actually, it has a message. It's not just about killing people or a monster. And the thing is, it's like, I ask myself now, I was like, why do I want to make this movie? And I say, again, not to go back to Guillermo, but when Guillermo won the, uh, in the Golden Globe or whatever, he goes, yeah, I worked for three years of my life for one IMDb credit. Right. And it's like, why are you going to do that? It doesn't mean shit to you. Like, right. cool, I killed a whole bunch of people. Or you can make a movie that has something. And like, so now I always ask myself, because of this movie, what does this movie film mean to me? And it's cool that you can do a horror movie or an action movie mm -hmm. or whatever. You can still have the same emotional impact a drama can. So you don't I, have to choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's and what the I best love about one, it. The ones we love are the ones that have both those in them. And this one caught me off guard. I watched it, didn't know anything about it, just wanted to watch it. And I was like, oh, yeah, Zoe Kazan, cool, I'll watch it. And it's great. And obviously, uh, you know, I loved uh, The Strangers. Although I don't like the whole, like, because you were home thing. I, I really need to get off that fucking whole thing as a tagline. I'm like, that's weird to me. It's great. It's a great moment in the first one. In the first one, yeah. but I'm like, don't use it as a tagline to sell more movies. That's weird. Like, but anyway, moving on. Russ? Uh, okay. Um, I, I agree with uh, most of everybody said. Um, uh, yeah, and again, I, too, a huge, huge fan of The Strangers, uh, particularly the first half of The Strangers. Um, I, I just think it's probably one of the best horror films of the last 20 years. Um, and, and then this, uh, follows in, uh, Bertino's, uh, motif, uh, the same way with, with, uh, you know, two people whose relationship is disintegrating and, and then you have this, uh, this, that's interrupted by this metaphorical, uh, horror element. Um, and this was, this was a really great follow up to The Strangers. Um, he had made, I, I don't understand why he hasn't made more films. Um, he, I know he had a second one that was a Jason Blum, Blum film called, uh, Mockingbird that they just dumped on a Netflix and um, it's a found footage movie. It's it's I could not uh, recommend stronger that you do not watch that film. Um, it's it's really terrible. Uh, so this was a, a really good follow up. Um, I don't 
uh, love this film as much as my brother does, but I do really like uh, the movie. Um, I think uh, of all the films we probably watch for this podcast, this is probably the most you know sure-handed direction. Uh, it's really strong. Um, I, I want to say on the monster, the monster is very good, um, and it works uh, in and of itself for the movie. I don't know that it's the most iconic monster. It doesn't completely capture uh, my imagination outside of the world of the movie. Um, so that that's kind of a a small critique of that. And I was going to say, he, he also uh, produced The Black Coat's Daughter, which, another Ooh, great, so great movie. Great. So this guy's been doing some yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Which we, what, every so every single one of those movies has integrity that and has a message. Best of yeah. 2016. Yeah, be, be, best of 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We talked totally about that. Great movie, all, yeah. One of those rare examples where we all totally went, no, 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 this is a great movie. This is a great movie. I loved that movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yes, Mr. Bertino, more films like The Monster and uh, Black Coat's Daughter. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, another thing I want to say about the film, um, it is, uh, filled with great moments. Um, uh, the phone and the car and the wolf being gone. Um, these are, I mean, th- those are great beats. So I think the movie really takes its time. And then when it, when it hits a moment, it really lands. And, uh, that's, that's the, for me, that's the sign of a really strong movie. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it and Rob pushed for it. And I'm glad all of us pretty much agree on it. I, I do think it's a film. I'm, I am surprised it's not championed more um, by horror fans. People just don't talk about it. Yeah. It's it's strange. I like, will now. <laughs> yeah. Because they all like, well, <laughs> Deliberations of Doom talked yeah. about it. So I guess now we exactly. have to talk about it. I, I guess it's just strange. I mean, I, I know like uh, horror fans tend to sort of uh, like films with the, you know, the big gore and the big scares and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but this to me is what horror does really well. I mean, this film is a really great example of that. I think you're going to see an evolution of which where you're going to get those things and still have stronger stories and stronger characters and stronger motifs. Yeah, I think I you can so. get both. Gonna I think there's no reason you can't have both. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. and there was a point in the 70s they knew it. Yeah. And then they forgot it. Well, and, and they and they just, you know, honored Get Out, exactly. which I think is yeah. a great exactly. example the of that. Same year, Get Out and uh, The Shape of Water, both with big, big horror elements, took Major yep. awards at the Oscars. Exactly. I guarantee you, right now, Peter Jackson is like, finally, I can do a horror movie again. <laughs> and <laughs> and it uh, as well did you it, know? Andy, it. Mach- Andy Machete, who's like mm-hmm. one of those guy directors we should have brought up with the interesting yeah, people true, yeah. in horror. Yeah, we, I'm sad he wants to do an anime adaptation next, uh, but whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, right. what's uh, what's the next movie? Uh, yeah, actually, next movie is Cult of Chucky, which it wouldn't have occurred to me to even bring into it when y'all were talking about streaming horror because they sent me the Blu-ray and I was like, oh. I Streaming, yes, I guess it is. Streaming. You know, the only but, hesitation I had with this one was in case we ever decide to do a child's play. Yeah, uh, we never will. Well, dude, that's, a, that's <laughs> the interesting thing about this series. There's seven, right? This this child's play series started off with three very generic slashers with like using an old idea. Ooh, scary doll. That are like okay. But there's nothing really. They're bad eighties horror. Lots of bad junkie. But but they are iconic. Yeah, there's no question. As many things from the eighties are, but I mean, Friday the Thirteenth. Those movies are terrible. And this is a great example. But then, starting with Bride of Chucky, all of a sudden they went. The the guy who created this was like that shit. Is not going to last forever. We got to find a new way to go with this, and they've gotten gradually more insane and self-referential. And I, I think fun. He, I think and he meta. was post Scream. Yeah. He realized, you know, he realized like, oh, Chucky's like he's already kind of a wise ass. So the idea that he would kind of be more self-aware, and the films themselves would be self-aware, um, 
I think starts to seep into the properties. At, at one point, he's like, I'm a vintage mass marketed children's toy from the 80s standing right in front of you holding a very sharp scalpel. scalpel. <laughs> and, the, and the chick's just like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like this movie is definitely the culmination of everything that's come before it in the series with him going, it almost feels like a break point, and, which doesn't surprise me because now he's talking about doing a television, just a single season of television that follows up this hmm. and then go it. back to movies again. And I'm like, that's fascinating because he's gotten to the point where these are good enough that I'm like, yeah, I totally fucking watch that. Uh, the, if you've never watched the Chucky movies, it's a doll like children's doll that has been possessed by the spirit of a serial killer played by the, uh, let's face it, fucking brilliant, incredible Brad Dorf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. I'll watch almost anything with Brad Dorf in it. And uh, somehow this series has gone on for seven movies. And at this point, we see literally the grown-up version of literally. the actor who played... No, literally. In this case, it's accurate. <laughs> but it is literal. <laughs> it is actual. <laughs> but anyways, go ahead. If it's accurate, I don't care. Okay, uh, uh, the actor who played uh, the, the protagonist in the first two Child's Play movies, uh, 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 the character Andy Barclay, who was played in one movie by a different actor, but now that actor, all grown up, has returned, who has the original Chucky's head, which is still alive, although all fucked up, where he basically is just torturing the head in private. But that's not the main story. That's the B story. That's where we start. The A story is that Brad Dorff's actually actual real-life daughter... Uh, is playing the role of Nika Pierce, who appeared, I believe, for the first time in the last movie. And because of the... No, I think it was actually two movies before. I get confused. Anyway, she has been framed by Chucky for Chucky's crimes, uh, even though she was the protagonist of those films. She's in a mental institution. She, even she's not really sure what's happening. She's the point she's like, yeah, I guess it is ridiculous there would be a living doll with a serial killer soul inside of it. I mean, it makes more sense that I actually did this and I want to be healed. Uh, of course, that's not the case. Otherwise, this would not be a good movie um, <laughs> <laughs> because Chucky ends up showing up and starting to torment them. And uh, Andy shows up showing up trying to face off with Chucky. And it's filled with lots of like really funny references to, that some of which are very subtle. There's a lot of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest references in this. And the reason for that is because Brad Dorff's first movie was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. (laughs) It's a good good first one right there to be in. Yeah, it's a a strong start. (laughs) Strong start. I mean, and not just as some background extra. He was like actually a, 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 you know, a secondary character in the film. But uh, yeah, I, I found this a lot of fun with creative, albeit sort of like redux kills from the previous films. We're like, you remember when we did this before? We could do it much better in this one. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that going on here. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just had fun with this, and it felt like the the it bringing in so many characters in the previous ones and tying things together. I'm like, this is a series that's much better than it should be. Mm-hmm. I thought this movie was hilarious. Um, It's so self-aware. And again, you have, you know, a return of Tiffany Valentine and they make a bunch of jokes that they're like, oh, who are you? Are you actually Tiffany Valentine or are you Jennifer Tilly? Um, They have some great jokes like that. There's like, this is really stupid. The the one thing that really bothered me about this is they make some baffling CGI decisions. For example, there's like blood puddles on the floor and they're clearly CGI'd and you're just like, 
why would you do that? Like, just pour some blood on the floor. I was just about to say, you were there that day on set, and they forgot, (laughs) and they had to animate it. Well, not only that, but... But there's also probably there's continuity. Every time she steps in it or steps around it, it's going to be a mess. And then sometimes they have floors that I've I've run into this before too. There's some floors that it will stain and you can't do it. And uh, it's a budget thing and a licensing okay. thing. Well, as directors, I'll take your word for it. But as a viewer, it just was like so weird and out of I don't know. But one of the things that it I ruined absolutely your Chucky movie? it ruined my Chucky movie. No, not really. Um... One of the things I absolutely loved, loved, loved about this movie were there were so many great deaths. I, I mean, there's like death by skylight. There's yeah. like death by fisting. Which, so skylight's another one where they've done before, but this is better. Than it was the way it was done so well, and there, there's like this whole like being fisted by Chucky's arm. <laughs> 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 where she uh-huh. willingly kind of almost commits suicide by well, Chucky. I love some of that where it's like these people who are being killed, they're crazy people in an asylum. Sorry, not politically correct, but what I don't know. Again, I'm not going to go overboard here with that. The, the, who are like, this can't be real. Okay, do whatever you're going to do. <laughs> and, I, and I'm definitely not saying that there's not any, you know, pl- glaring plot holes or anything like that. I mean, this is not a good movie. But it's definitely a fun movie. And if you're a horror fan, you're going to enjoy yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's trying to be a good movie. I agree. It, I it's agree. trying real hard. And, really? and and so my thing is, it's like, I'm not really a fan of these kind of movies. And it was kind of like my whole, like, hey, guys, I just saw Cult of Chucky. Holy shit, please watch it because it was enjoyable and it actually... For the first time, as you asking questions about like what it would be like to be a kid in this situation, and um, I remember I was watch- I put it on like my iPad. I was traveling. I was going. I think I was going to Vegas for my honeymoon or some shit. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I need to watch something on this plane ride. I'm like, oh, let's put on Cult of Chucky, which you get kind of uncomfortable when kids are behind you and like there's like you know people getting brutally murdered and whatnot, and blood's flying everywhere. But um. I'm watching, like, the first five minutes in, you get to see the kid that played Andy trying to go on a date and be normal, and you can just tell that Chucky has fucked this kid's life up. Yeah. He can't even talk to a human being without being like, you're that kid, aren't you? Like, and, he, yeah, she Googled him. Yeah. And she's, like, totally creeped out by him. So it's one of those things that I love that it took a realistic approach on who the character <laughs> is, and then what Chucky, having known that experience, what that would do to your life, then it goes back to his house, and you see the guy's armed like one of these, like, kids that goes and shoots up places. Like, the kid's armed to the fucking teeth, and he's a little bit crazy, so you're like, oh my god. What's happening here? Did Chucky, like, I was like, they're doing some, like, social commentary here? Or what's going on? And then he pulls Chucky's head out of the safe, and I go, that is really interesting. I've n- I never would have thought that angle. And so they took what could be a really bad slasher formula, had some social commentary in it, had some interesting stuff. I did not get any social commentary oh, from for this sure. I, 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 I thought it was there. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, it was it was kind of like, it's here. It's not our first priority, but it's there. It's there. <laughs> and, and, and then, like, there's things in there where it's like, when I'm watching it, there were actually moments where I was like, how cool would it be if they just, there is no Chucky and he is imaginary. Mm. Like, I mean, because there's definitely times where I was like, man, what if they go that route and they just get rid of Chucky completely? Did you have and like, deep thoughts on Cult of Chucky? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I did. I did. I did. I, did, yeah. I, did, yeah. I, did, yeah. I guess I'm the only one that didn't. 
I, I mean, you, you just took it from the face value of it's a Chucky Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. And when I saw it, it's great that it great. works on all those levels. Yeah, when he pulled that head out of the safe, and I go, this is yeah, really that's profound. A really this is interesting. Cool moment. It's like, this is the same asylum that Buffy is theoretically in the whole time, and nothing I, that happens in Sunnydale is real. I watched the intro <laughs> three times over, because I was like, this is just, I, I never would have expected the movie to go in this direction. And that's why I put it on, I was like, it's got to go on the list to talk about. So I enjoyed it. Um, I did too. I'm, uh, I'm glad you did bring it. Decide to say that yes, I want to talk about it. Yes. It is not a movie I would probably have watched had we not um, done it for the podcast. I just don't think I would have been. I, I mean, I just I, I think it was, the last one of these I watched was like Bride of Chucky. I think was like the last. Which I really liked. I actually yeah, the last was, one I watched it was, was funny. The, I, the, only, the one thing I really remember from it is where. Chucky and, and the other doll are going to bang, and, and she goes, do you have a rubber? And he goes, baby, I'm all rubber. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Um, it's a good line. It is. It, no, but there's stuff like that in this. So I was going to mention my favorite moment in this movie. So I was, I, I, I was with Phil. I was sort of struck by the beginning. It took me uh, off guard. And there was a weirdness to this idea that, that he was talking to the head. It, it's like, and it, it, it was like a great movie for like five minutes. You're like, holy shit. No, I was like, <laughs> no, but it was genuinely weird and interesting. And it was doing what I think great sequels do is was it, it was playing with what the concept of Chucky is. And, and, and our understanding of Chucky and our relationship to his mythology. So I like that. That character sort of drops out. He's not the main character, which was I was kind of thrown by. And then the main character is actually, uh, as you point out, uh, Brad Dorff's daughter, who I think is really good. I, I liked her in... Um, Dirk Chantley. Dirk Chantley, yeah. thank yeah, you, Russ. Dirk Chantley, fuck, fuck everybody who didn't like that show. It was I, so good. The first good. season's a blast. I, I haven't we watched second season. boycotting Max Landis. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, Bill, but it seems largely just because people are like, well, he's an asshole, not any specific reason, oh, right? Oh, I thought just he had like, like a sexual assault. Okay. Did he have a sexual assault? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did he? Fuck, yeah. I missed that. Okay. Uh, so, That's um, a shame, because the second season's good, too. But right. uh, so... But so I again I they get into the asylum and it was kind of interesting because they start playing with the idea of like is she crazy and the actress is really good most of the actors are actually I would have to say the acting in this in this movie is pretty good uh-huh. for a low budget thing and sure. it's fairly stylishly shot which I thought was really cool um, it has like an icy black and white kind of vibe to it's it it's very white yeah um, but my favorite thing is when Chucky finally shows up again he goes into the uh, he's coming into the um, place and who he talks to the crazy lady who is this the chick from Legally Blonde? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, he talks to the, one of the crazy ladies and she go, and she's like, "It's the line you said about the mass marketed dawn." She says, "No, you're not." And she says, "I'm schizophrenic. I see things." And he goes, "Aren't you the crazy bitch I talked to on the phone last night?" <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, and she goes, "Sometimes I hear things too." And then he goes, "Okay, lady, you know what? You're next. I'm gonna be right back." <laughs> I, That's a I was just. Dude, and it's brilliant. Like, the little doll is... I think... The, I don't know if it's... I think it's practical. Yeah, yeah. The little doll's, like, practical. But he, you totally buy it. Like, Brad Dorr's performance, like, his reaction... I just lost my shit. I love that Chucky is, like, almost annoyed that everyone is crazy. Yeah, and yeah. he, like... He, <laughs> they can't appreciate well, yeah, his and he murdering. kind of fucks yeah. with everybody, and all that was really great. And, like you said, some great deaths, and um, there's that great moment where uh, he... She tries to kill herself... And he stops her. He saves her so that he can fuck with her more. Yeah. And kill her himself. That's cool writing. Like, that is an interesting yeah, play of what is going on with this with this movie. So, yeah. she all slashes her wrists and she wakes up with her wrist sewn up a note saying, not yet. Yeah, not yet. It's, it's written like, in blood or whatever. And, and then she has to hide it awesome. from the guy coming in. I mean, there's some CGI. cool stuff like that going on. So, not like that, um, this is a tight movie. It's not very long. 
Which I appreciate. Yeah. It's it's you know it doesn't go on and on with its premise. So you know, one match. I was gonna say you would never see a scene like that in a regular slasher movie. No, like, that's what I dug about. It's it. funny. It's and, and I think um, there's a. It eventually builds to a premise where there's multiple Chucky's and they're sort of connected. And again, they, they're playing with what's going on. Because I was thrown. I was like, Russ already seen. It. I'm like, wait, there's like more. I thought he had the Chucky, but how is this Chucky here? And I was like, it, it's it comes together. I was like, okay. So I give this one I recommend, especially if you're looking for like. Popcorn fun, like pizza eating movie, like this is that movie. So, um, anyways, yeah, I give it, I give it a thumbs up. I thought it was kind of fun. An unsu- unsuspected surprise. Do anybody yeah. have sleepovers anymore? This is a great sleepover. I, I totally agree. I, I, um, I agree. Everybody, it was a, it was a nice surprise. I do think the first half is kind of better than the second half. I think the the second half it gets a little more uh, scatter shot. It doesn't totally cohere. The movie doesn't completely have. Uh, a through line, but as as we were saying, the multiple Chucky things, which they they set up and keep addressing, was a really neat idea, and and I was really excited when you had the three different Chucky dolls all talking to each other. They all were a little bit slightly, di- almost like the Gremlins. Um, they all kind of had different personalities, or whatever. Or multiplicity, like and, they're all a little different. And yeah. it's also kind of an interesting launch for where this goes next, right? And since yeah. you were talking about like the the TV show or something, and I agree with you, like. After seeing those three and introducing that idea of almost this eternal Chucky, um, I would love to see where that goes. And Dude, this, they should make the show called Army of Chucky. And I would, I would, I would watch that show. After this, I'm a fan. Yeah, so I'd watch it. Yeah, it, look, it was it was suspenseful. Uh, it was weird. It had almost a De Palma esque split screen sequence. Oh yeah, um, which was really cool. Um, it was a little anticlimactic, um, which I think was. Was kind of disappointing because I was very invested in the movie, but uh, it just kind of ends a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it sets up for a massive sequel, though. Yeah. Like, but it's you know, man, this this movie. If like we said, if you're if you're having a sleepover, you're like, let's watch like a fun horror movie. You you, can, you can't do wrong with this one. Are so we, I we guess on? are we guess we're getting ready for the next one. Oh, yeah. I don't know what is next. We just we were we were like, what's the next movie? It goes back to Rob. Oh, like yes. Bodum. Rob. Oh, really? Like Bodum? Okay, yeah. fuck it. Uh, this, Rush, you want to take this uh, thing? Uh, yes. You want to explain it? Lake, Lake Bodum is a... Uh, or just Bodum. Where, where is it from? It. It's, it's finished. Finish. Finish. It's weird that they were like, this is our first proper horror film. I was like, really? Because there's three or four really good Finnish horror movies that I liked. I can't name another. I, I, <laughs> Have you ever seen Frostbite? It's really good. No. no. Yeah. I mean, I think every Blade movie I'm thinking though. of is Norwegian. Like, I'm thinking like, you know, Dead Snow. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, uh, uh, it's, uh, Bodum or Lake Bodum. I think it's Bodum. Is a, uh, is, uh, a, a story of, uh, there was, uh, what years were the murders? 1960. 60s. Maybe somebody else should take this. Uh, there was a series of murders in the 60s, um, in, and, and they were never quite solved. They had kind of a bizarre, almost ritualistic, uh, nature to them. And, uh. Sounds like Friday night here in Texas. Exactly. <laughs> like, it was like a big deal. Three people died. <laughs> and Sorry. So- <laughs> It was Phil. <laughs> Sorry, I was Phil all along. And uh, 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 so these these four uh, teenagers, uh, two boys and two girls, the, the two boys convince the two girls to go with them. Uh, one of the girls seems to have uh, some personal issues going on in her life and a particularly repressive family. And her friend kind of gets her out of the house to go with these two guys to this house. They clearly have something else on their mind. Now, one of the guys... Uh, has the usual stuff on his mind, but the other is uh, deeply interested in the the history of these murders and is seeking to recreate them to try and validate some theories he he has about them. And uh, you know, there's an implication that perhaps the 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 murder, you know, the murderer who who was never found, is somewhere in uh, in the woods, 
and uh, and and then we go from there. Yeah. So hijinks ensue, as patients would say. Yeah. yeah. You say like the guy who's. It's not so much that he wants recreating; he wants to recreate the time. It's like to say that makes it sound like he's the killer, which is not the case. You know, you're like, or is it? Or is it? <laughs> I but, like the wiki plot. It literally just has one sentence. A group of Finnish friends decide to go camping by Lake Bodum to do a reconstruction of the 1960 murders. I mean, this <laughs> so is we could have just done that. This is another <laughs> one of those films like The Monster where what's happening under the surface is more interesting than the horror stuff, I thought. Eh. You know? But, eh. it, but you started the launch, you get to talk about how you feel about it. Uh, okay, well, <clears throat> me here, let me get to my notes. Let's go up to the podium, tap the mic. <clears throat> uh, you know, I have to say, when the movie started, uh, I was not very interested in this movie. Um, I thought it was a little arch. Um, it had the, uh, you know, the stern dad and the bloody soup and the, you know, the, 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 the borscht. Yeah, it was, it was just, sure it was kind of Dullsville. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I have to say, it, it was very, very nicely shot and directed, which uh, sometimes can be a bad sign. Like, you're like, oh, this film's going to be sort of technically good, but they didn't really think about the story. Um, and then as it started to go further, I was like, wow, this is really interesting and um, and exciting. It, I will say the, the, the backstory seemed a little muddled with what was exactly going on with the murders. I don't know that I ever totally got what his theory was and what he was trying to, to figure out about them. Um, but, uh, you know, and then also there was a, there was a, 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 the, the, I guess the, the one girl with the Stern family, she seems to have this, this big backstory, um, that, that they're very concerned with about these pictures that were leaked about her. Um, they seem to be of a sexual nature and, and I, I was like, why are we spending so much time on this? This is, this is really, um, this seems very uninteresting. But it is key to the story. <laughs> I was about Eventually. to say, it does pay off, but I was beginning to tap my foot. Um, and then, uh, and then it gets, uh, pretty, uh, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 I'm trying to think exactly spoiler when away. it takes a turn, huh? Spoiler yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, it's a spoiler show. Um, it was twisty. Uh, there were a lot of twists. The, the film itself, um, more than, than taking a twist on what it is set up, goes in a totally different direction and almost becomes another movie with, with characters' ulterior motives and, 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 and how those play out. Um, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was like, by the time this movie ended, I was like, man, I am into this movie. It is, nice. it was a lot of fun. It was really exciting. Um, I have to say, um, they had that really terrible, you know, Blair Witch remake uh, from a year or two ago. I and, liked it. Oh, it's huh? so awful. I liked it. Yeah. Right. Well, and that says it all. Um, I and hate the, the original. The mo- this movie, <gasps> this movie blows doors on that that movie. I mean, this was this was such a great, um, you know, people in the woods movie, and it played with your idea of people in the woods and the and the you know the killer and all that kind of stuff. It, it was just, man, I. I, I, I thought this was definitely, um, other than the monster, this might be my favorite of the movies that we watched. That's awesome. I would yeah. have to echo almost everything that you said. I, I, I started on it too and I was like, you know, this is not badly, this is well acted. It's well, very exceptionally well shot. It's a really pretty and technically adept movie. Like, I was very jealous of the direction of this film. Um, and then, uh, but I was with Russ, and I was like, you know, it's kind of, like he said, like, they kind of spend a lot of time on this girl, and like these pictures, and, you know, it's, it's not very interesting, it's, it's fine, but the dialogue was good, and the actors were good, and the, the cinematography and everything was great, so I was like, I was kind of sticking with it, but about halfway through the movie, they start to kill some people, and I was like, 
they don't, what, what are they going to, like, I was standing next to Russ, and I was like, what are they going to do? And Russ goes, oh, there's a second half to this movie. And the second half of this movie, I was like, I was genuinely shocked. Like, I was like, whoa, twist. Did not see anything coming. And I, I really think it, it pays off, like, where it goes. It just, it kept, the twist kept coming. And, you know, uh, trust gets broken, and, and, you know, relationships are good. And and, and it also uh, builds to a pretty spectacular action sequence that was scary and exciting. And Never and, seen anything like that. Yeah, it was really uh, uh, There's a movie Wolf called... Creek. There's a movie called Highwaymen. Fuck that has a Creek, first off. But anyway, go ahead. Um, so, I hate that. So movie. now we know who the real interrupter is here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want to point that out. The person who's done the most interrupting, as you're warned not to do, is she, Chris. She interrupted first. He's interrupting me right now. <laughs> and I interrupted her. I was the second interrupter. She waited until I wasn't talking. But anyways, point being. Damn. Point being, I'm just pointing it out. I just want to point it out. I was given crap about interruption. And I was like, who's doing all the interrupting here? Anyways. Noted. Cox. He so, spent this whole podcast waiting for me to do it once. Uh, and, you and, didn't have to wait long. And edit. Uh, 55 <laughs> minutes. No, there was. He had to wait. Uh, keep going. Keep we going. Go back to this. Uh, that's all. I mean, honestly. Actually, I, I was listening. I, was I thought this uh, Actually, on a, on a side note, dude, didn't we play with this soon? Hmm? In Florida? What's going on? Yeah, a side note, uh, Russ and I uh, uh, were the opening short film for this at the uh, Popcorn Frights uh, Film Fest in Florida, which was just a personal connection. Full disclosure, everybody. <laughs> so I don't no know. nepotism here. Yeah, I mean, well, we, weren't, we weren't actually there. They, they put our two films together, but Russ and I were like, huh, we should check out that Lake Boda movie because they're going to show them. And then Was it Couples Night? or was Yeah, it Couples Night showed night. them at that's Popcorn Frights. Yeah, nice. uh, congratulations. But, uh, having watched the movie, I'm like, that's actually a really good pairing. Yeah. Isn't uh, so, Couples Night now Available to watch if you're on a certain airline. Uh, thank you, Chris. Yes, it is. Uh, side note: If you, in case you give a shit, um, the Summers Brothers uh, award-winning short film "Couples Night," which will be available to stream soon, is uh, streaming currently uh, on flights for Alaskan Airlines uh, throughout the month of March. So, as, as part of the Seattle International, yeah, Festival. Seattle International Film Festival curates sh- uh, shorts, and uh, they uh, chose our short yes. to be one of the. Yeah, oh, so, so if you're flying and you, if you, if anyone listening to this podcast flies to Alaska and has it, please send us pics. Because I don't think we'll be on Alaska in the month of March. Isn't it so. crazy how some friends just do nice things and other friends just act like assholes on mic? That's how it works. I was only me. pointing it out technically. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I'm sorry. So, I'm I, I, who else? What, yeah, what else? Everybody. I'll, I'll, I'll hop in the middle of here because I'm sure I'm going to have like you know differing opinions on this one. Um, to me, like the real star is the DP Daniel Lindholm. Just made a beautiful movie. Um, yeah, he shot on the Alexa and the Mini, and it's just beautifully shot. He had, he had huge lights too. You can tell he's backlighting the fuck the out of these. The fucking scenes. whole forest. I mean, I think I had a budget to like light this movie, and it's phenomenal. But beyond the budget, he did it well. Oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Perfect, How beautiful. hard does that got to be? Where this film clearly not on sets that are supposed to look on forest. I mean, just, actually in a forest. Just the generator alone to power the lights he was using is it's a bit. You, you've got a crew. You got a big budget. This, this the, may be. Uh, uh, I have to go back and look at the list, but this may be the best looking film that we watched. I, I think that's days. what kept me into this movie was how well the action was done and how well it was shot. Because the story, to me, I hate when a movie is completely based upon coincidences and accidents when it's supposed to be a well thought out plan. All it took was a mother not standing up to the asshole dad for the movie never to happen. 
All it took was for the killer to not just stab one person in the first fucking scene for it not to work. Every scene in the movie for this to actually work is completely contrived. It's bad writing. Yeah, Phil's like, what about that scene where he goes, why you go? No, no. Ouch. Ugh. Oh, yes. So, I will say, the version of which I watched, it was, I, I guess, from a Russian copy or something, yeah. and so the English, the American English dubbing was not the best grammatically. I, and I, I have to feel, and, I, and I, I, I feel like this movie didn't get a fair shot from you because it's available on Shudder, and that's not where you watched it, and it's a beautiful film, but the subtitles are really good on that yeah. particular version. Like, they're excellent. Like, and they're I feel really, like the dialogue none of the plot's strong. Yeah, it's a well... I totally agree with you. I think it's a well-written movie, so I feel like in some ways... Why do they put on yellow freaking hazmat suits where they've already been there? DNA's everywhere they've been. Like, I don't get some of the decisions that were in there. I feel like you might have been more drawn in if you hadn't already So you're not. saying I wouldn't have questioned obvious story issues had no, I been like No, because I feel like the movie, the movie plays. I don't know. That was my experience with it. I, I mean, I asked that same question, but so much of it was so good, it was one of those things like, yeah, who cares? You know, I was like, I liked a lot more of this than I didn't. I liked it because the, the it was pretty to look at and the action was good, and it just goes back to the just entertain people and they'll forgive your shortcomings. If you don't make an entertaining movie, fuck off. Make an entertaining movie or whatever. It's just kind of one of those things. They made an entertaining movie. They get away with tons of bad story moments. I mean, there are tons. But I also am a kind of support of that to some degree of other people going like, you know what? You can get away with a lot as long as it's really entertaining to watch. Yeah. As long as there's a lot of good things. I can't. There are very few movies that don't have something that are you were looking for that you can't go. That's mm. wrong. That, that, It'd be like watching like Ocean's Eleven and be like, well, this robbery only works if this guy's daddy lets him go to work and then this guy, you know, happens to be at Sunday school and somebody falls down in front of him and he trips. That's the only way this heist works is by people making accidental okay. decisions for you. You actually said that in the text. I'm curious because, like, I was watching that. And I, 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 when I read that, I was thinking about it and going, like, I'm not entirely sure I understand what you're getting at. The We're killer cast, the, 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 the killer kills yeah. the kid A.T. or whatever his name is. Yeah. And then he just walks away. That is the only reason this plot works. I don't understand. But that's the only reason the plot works. Did he go, but did she would have him? killed him herself. It's just that she thought the other girl did. There was a miscommunication. Yeah, no, that's just a coincidence. Yeah. It's oh. like that doesn't fall into anybody's plot ahead of time of their that's plan. That's called a script plot. She that's was, called when you're writing a script. I, I don't agree. I, I, yeah. I, I'm with Chris on this. I, I feel like what happens is is that in the film... Oh, this is crazy. Well, no, but the, the killer, the other killer kills the guy... But we don't, it's off, you know, we, the other people, there's a miscommunication between the two of them. Yeah, and, 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 and then he sends the dog after a woman. The dog apparently doesn't mauled her at all, and she's perfectly handcuffed and sitting behind a mask after that. Then he dives in, unzips bodies, puts them back. I mean, like, there's so many things that make no, they're like, they're crazy. Like, they make no sense. They lost the car keys. No, he dives in and gets the man and puts them. He did oh. because remember the bodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, there's so many things wrong. Like, they make no sense. Uh, but whatever. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. It was entertaining. I would uh, say more like the the stuff the killer does in the third uh, act are more to make him. If somebody sent more me this sort of mystery, all I'm saying is somebody sent me this script. These are the notes I would have given them because they are story issues. Hmm. Where I'm like, but you know what? Make an entertaining movie is a lesson of this. Make it I entertaining. think this is a, this is a this is the kind of movie where if you're into it, you let the flaws go. 
And if you're not, which you obviously were not, I feel like I feel like you didn't have a moment of religion with no, it. No, no, no. I enjoyed the film. I thought yeah. it was beautiful. I thought the horror was great. But like the story had major holes in it for me. Like I did not buy. That's too bad. I'm actually not going to. I I I somewhat agree with you. There are definitely some plot holes that are glaring. But I think the overall movie um, makes up for that, just because it is beautifully shot. There are some really great characters. That first twist is fucking amazing. And no one could have survived that car crash. No one. <laughs> my, I think my biggest problem, or what made me uncomfortable, talk about social commentary, is talk about abusive relationships. Holy shit. Between the two girls, like, I was physically, like, uncomfortable was so- by how abusive that relationship, like, emotionally and psychologically abusive that was. And it just goes to show, you know, it's, it, it's not what you always think on the outside, you know. Um, but... What really bothered me is I hate the third twist. I thought it was unneeded. It just, it didn't make any sense to me. I thought it, I, if they would have just gone the way that they were going with the second part of the movie or second chapter, it would have been fine. And then there's things like, this guy's got an idea of how to replicate this serial killer. And maybe he's still, like, I mean, like, I mean, there's just so many things, like, that just make no sense to me. Like, are the cops that bad in Finland that this guy can just show back up and kill people and all over again? Honestly, who goes fucking camping in Finland? It's <laughs> cold as no, fuck. I would suspect the Finnish. Yeah. No, no. They don't go camping in Finland. That's, uh, that's preposterous. That's Australia to go I would love camping. to go camping there. I don't really like camping. But, yeah, I mean, the first act, I, I was there. I was okay with it. The second act, I was like, holy shit, this movie just got good. Um, I had the privilege of seeing it at South by Southwest last year in an empty theater. Oh, wow. Um, and it was like, there was like me and like four other people. It so, was fantastic. <laughs> so why did the guys want to go camping there, just out of curiosity? To re- Well, one of them wanted to recreate the killings. Yeah. But, but just to take photos And of the, the other guy, one right? wanted to get laid. Right, but he just wanted to take photos of it, right? I don't know. I, it was, I was on. He was, he was exploring the theory of what he thought that the guy could still be out there. Uh huh. And he just came out there just unprepared to take on a killer. I don't think that they really had. They really had. <laughs> I, I agree with you. That, 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 part, no, no, that part of the movie troubled me as well because also what I thought was. If you're he's like, not, don't think too yeah, hard about he's, it. He's like, well, we, we, he kind of, did he, did he kind of want to tempt the killer to come I out? I don't know. But to me, it was like Michael Myers just stabbing one person, just being like, I'm going to walk away, let them figure it out for about 45 minutes. Then I'm going to come back right when the plot's perfect. And at one point, he's like, is there someone out in the forest? I think I see somebody. So maybe... I thought that was cool, though. Because you you did know he was coming. There's definitely some red herrings. I definitely knew he was coming. Chris? All right. What were your your final thoughts on this? Yeah, I I went to this whole movie kind of like, kind of fascinated. I mean, there are those films that happen with, you know, specifically foreign horror, where you're like, there's something... Just off enough about this because it's of Argento-ish. this coming from this different world that, like, I don't. I feel like I really don't know what to expect here, and this does feel like a film that's inside its own sort of like meme or what have you, and, like and, cultural meme. But I did feel like when it got toward the very, the very last decision this mate and film made, kind of fucking irritated the shit out of me. Thank I was you. Like. No, mm-hmm. fuck that. Why? Why? That makes zero sense. I agree with you 100%. It, that last five minutes bothered the shit out of me. Annoyed the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's the only thing I was like, that kept me from really genuinely loving this film. Because on the whole, 
I thoroughly enjoyed this. And special call out to the two lead actresses, uh, Mimosa Willano. Wow, her name's Mimosa. Mom's a bit of a drunk. Um, Have her on a Sunday morning. And Nellie First G, who are both super great. They're really good. And very, just incredible. Those actresses that you look at and you're like, there's something about you. They both have that kind of it girl thing, but in a totally different way from each other, where you're like, you have this thing, this je ne sais quoi, that I would totally watch you in something else again. You you know what it was when I watched the movie? I thought about, like, how would I enjoy this movie if I was a Finnish police officer? I watched it, I go, I would hate this movie. They're saying I'm incompetent at my job, and then somebody can just go back and go camping again. But to be fair, that's how I view most movies. How would a finished finish officer watch yeah. this movie? That's the other perspective. All right, well. Uh, well, I, I, I did, in fact, think that this was uh, I like pretty it. good. It, it, it's not perfect. It definitely has moments where you're like, it would have been nicer if you had found a less roundabout way to get to this. It would have been nicer if there were things like the encounter suit thing. It was just like, what possible good would that do you at this point? I get it. But there are also teenagers where it was like part of the original plan. The plan didn't go to plan, but they're like, well, this was part of the plan, so we're doing it. Oh, it would have been better if they would have bought the the credit card at the store. Yeah. Well, (laughs) they're not not supposed to be the brightest bulbs in the world. Okay. Um, I, I think this is well worth watching. Uh, and it feels like, it feels like a, a movie that was made 20 years after another classic movie, doesn't it? That's like, good, it, that's an interesting point, yeah. It's not, that. but it feels like one, like, oh, somebody's returning to the world of all these years later to a film that doesn't exist. And, and I will, in full disclosure, I enjoyed this movie, even though I'm pointing out glaring flaws. I, I hate just, I hate giving too much praise to something that has glaring problems with it. But I still enjoyed the shit out of it. I would yeah. buy it on Blu-ray and watch it again. Like I really enjoyed it. So it's got it's got flaws. Well, as a quick note, this is on Shutter. Um, and if you Which are you seriously, get. if you're a horror fan and you're listening to us and you're not paying the five dollars, five bucks to have Shutter, you are missing out because I, there's so many great the movies and television shows. The best curated streaming site. I think in existence. Yeah, uh, honestly, well. better than anything. <laughs> and we are not paid shills. And and, like, and also like it's this. not just I wish we were. <laughs> uh, horror. Uh, it, it's things. Re- if you're a horror fan, Horrors, these are these are other sci-fi, thrillers. thriller. I mean, everything has a darker tone. Dramas. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And there's some really great like cult classics mm-hmm. on there that you're like, holy. I mean, shit. for example, Ken Russell directed a film called The Devils. Uh, it's a really Good difficult movie. film to see even now. They. They uh, were the first people to ever put it on streaming. It wasn't available even on Blu-ray or DVD. And it, they, unfortunately, it didn't stay on there for very long, and I missed it. But, yeah, it's they're, they're killing it. So There's um, a lot of foreign stuff that we would never have access to. Yeah, there's to. that. Yeah, TV shows. Um, you know, they just put Bram Stoker's Dracula on there. Like, they're constantly putting cool and interesting stuff. So yeah. uh, what's our next movie? A Dark Song, which oh. is one that I really, really pushed hard for. I was like, I'm not doing this podcast unless we put a Dark Song on. Not really. But um, this is directed by Liam Gavin. This is actually his freshman debut. He had never directed some... I mean, he's this is his first movie. Um, it's one of the like Irish lottery movies, I think. Um, basically, it's about a woman who has lost her son in... Uh, well, they don't really talk a lot about it, but he was kidnapped and used in some sort of cult-like ritual by a bunch of teenagers and killed. And so she hires um, this guy, 
played by Steve Orem, to do this ritual that so she can talk to her son and exact vengeance upon his killers. And basically this ritual, they have to lock themselves in this house for months on end and every day do like these super complicated, you know, rites and um, who knows how long it's going to last. And he's kind of a dick, which is kind of cool because their relationship really, I think is one of the most important things again, you know, throw back to the monster with the mother-daughter relationship. I think the relationship between her and Joseph Solomon uh, are is really an important thing here and how their relationship develops as they're, like, literally trapped in this house for, like, what, six, eight months, going through all of these really complicated rituals to try and get her guardian angel to appear so that they can ask a favor. I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. I like the whole concept of these two people who are complete and total opposites being trapped in this house. And he puts her through all of these like torturous regimens where she's like peeing herself. She's like freezing. Uh, He like uh, drowns her at one point. Um, there's like this really very difficult to watch, uh, sexual scene, uh, that I actually fast forwarded through the second time I watched it. Cause yeah. the first time I watched it, I was like, holy shit, this is awful. And then the second time I was like, I'm just going to fast forward through it. But I, I just, I really, I like this, the whole idea of, because in every other movie that's like supernatural horror where they're doing some kind of right or, or summoning a demon, it's always, like, really super easy, you know? <laughs> it's always like, oh, I'm going to draw this magic circle and say this incantation, and or, you know, evil dead, army of darkness, oh, I'm just going to, you know... Yeah, you're, you're right, it's like a magnifying glass in a two-minute scene. Yeah, it's, it's so movie. easy, and this whole entire movie is, is literally built upon this idea that, no, if you want to summon a supernatural being, it takes months and it takes sacrifices and it's like a really fucked up thing. And I, I just, I, I just love that whole concept. And then of course the relationship between her and I mean, he's, he's just a dick. I mean, this guy is like an Not asshole. a guy you want to be stuck in a house with. Yeah. And then of course he like redeems himself, which we all knew was going to happen. And you know, because that's called good writing. Right? So you liked it? You liked, I liked the dark it a lot. Song? I, I was kind of reticent. I didn't think anybody else was going to like this movie. Uh, it, it played Fantastic Fest, and I missed it there. But everybody that I... Well, not everybody. It's half people I knew that saw it, that whose opinions I trust, um, liked it a lot. And I, I liked how simple it was. I mean, it, it, it literally is. That two-minute scene in most movies stretched out over two hours. And you know, and it's also based off like Aleister Crowley style, mm-hmm. you know, occultism. not even a style. The, I mean, it's, the it's, ritual was yeah. literally based on Aleister Crowley oh, designed yeah. ritual. Oh, I didn't like, know that. Oh, yes, the, yeah, 100%. like the golden toth or whatever. It, it was uh, all the circle stars. I mean, you can yeah. even look it up yeah. online. It's it's, uh, it's um it's uh called. The guardian angel uh, Abramelin, Abramelin, which he apparently claims he performed twice. But like, it, I went and looked it up. I was like, "Wow, this actually it's a real is thing. All ritual. It's a real. Oh thing. wow. Yeah. I, I feel like there was definitely some weak points. Like in the end with the demons, I thought those were kind of cheap. 
because you, they're just like people in white body paint and you're just like, okay. But I really liked when you do finally see the guardian angel. I thought that the payoff was all there. I like, thought that angel was gorgeous. Yeah. This movie does kind of like what the monster did where it actually has a, a point to the story. And I like that, you know, it's kind of one of those things where no, it's not the, it's not the, uh, the most edgy and the most entertaining film and the fastest paced film, right? but it has heart to it and it has meaning. And I feel like, you know, the filmmaker got his message across or her message across. I don't know who directed it, but um, it was great. I think it was somebody named Gavin. Gavin. It was it was their first movie. Yeah, Liam Gavin. Yeah, yeah. He was great. So I, I really enjoyed it. I loved all the cultural stuff in there, too. And, uh, I mean, it definitely had very firm Irish undertones. And uh, it, I liked it a lot. It was good. Uh, a simple story well told. I um, I watched this as a screener for Fantastic Fest with Chris. Um, yeah, we both were like, eh. Yeah, I, I had a very um, kind of eh reaction to it. I... I, I think I don't think it's poorly directed. I mean, I think like um, guys talented and stuff, but uh, I, I found the two main characters to be pretty unpleasant, and I just didn't really spend well, like spending time with them. I didn't think they're I didn't think they were unpleasant in an interesting way, like the like the protagonist and the monster. I thought they were just kind of cranky, sort of ugly people. And um, the scene Patience talks about was just it's really skeezy and kind of ugly, and I didn't. I didn't get anything out of it. I just, I just, it was just un- like, like a lot of them. I think it was just unpleasant. You're just watching these two two people sort of suffer, and um, I don't know that it's a really scary movie. I don't think I really thought Definitely of it. Definitely not. No. Yeah, um, it, it gets that way towards the end, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think there's like those moments that raise the hair on the back of your neck if you're into this, this the, the the like uh, if you're into its reality. But yeah. I don't think that's a frightening effect. I think it's sort of like a like. And, and, almost gamenish, and, 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 and like a lot of times, I'll definitely like I'll, I would normally agree with what you're saying on on that the weird kind of preying on her sexual scene where he's jerking off. Mm-hmm. I bought it in this movie, and I thought it was necessary in this movie because it's you, consistent with be, the rest of the film. Be, because you don't trust this guy from that point on, and he could be just lying about everything he's doing from that moment on. Because before, like before that scene happens, I'm kind of like. Uh, okay, I mean, yeah, he's doing something. He's trying to, you know, and then that scene happened. You go, is he just trying to, like, you know, take advantage of somebody? And um, that scene was really important to the movie, I thought. I, yeah, I mean, I, I get why it's in the movie. I just, I didn't find, the movie's... It's supposed ri- to disturb you. Yeah, I think the movie's rituals and stuff don't seem to be coherent. They seem to be um, somewhat arbitrary. And it be it just feels like, and now you need this thing. So, to me, the movie never really builds. It never really actually feels like the rights that he's doing are have any sort of internal logic and that so so to me there's no build it's a lot of lows and not a lot of highs and i think that um the ending there's a big question about when it whether or not something supernatural is even happening and that's an interesting question i don't always love movies like that rather you do like what cronenberg does where it is supernatural and let's move on because i you know the whole thing is like is it or isn't it like is he a charlatan let's be honest everything cronenberg does is pretty interesting yeah well (laughs) point being this is not not that everything but but it gets to the it, it gets to the end, and uh, it has a more thematic, I guess, than visceral ending, uh, which was interesting. Um, I, you know, it certainly was memorable, but I didn't think it was particularly satisfying. So, Especially I, when you can ask for anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... I'm like, ooh, every PlayStation right when it comes out. Right. I mean, every... There's only two characters in this, and they're both unpleasant. So to me, I just... 
I, you know, I, 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 res- I understand why maybe other people respond to me. This movie is just such a downer. And like I said, it's kind of ugly at its heart, and then it doesn't really have a particularly satisfying ending. So overall, like I, this is a movie I just didn't really connect with. Like I, you know, I, I'm not even super glad that we watched it or anything. Like I'm like, it's fine. Like I get why people responded to it. I personally found it to be kind of unpleasant. So I didn't mm-hmm. love the movie in any way. Can I can I follow him because we originally yeah, watched it together, yeah, yeah. and I was we were exactly on the same page. Yeah. For the first time I watched it. Yeah. And it was one of those I try to rewatch stuff when we do these. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got a chance to rewatch this or if you. Just I, I didn't have any interest in rewatching it. I. W- really loved the shit out of this the second time oh, I cool. saw it. Like, the first time I was like, yeah, this is doing... They're both unlikable characters. Nothing is really happening. It's so fucking slow. I liked it. And then the second time, I was, like, just super into all the details of this thing. Um, loved the way it was playing out. Just, like, the, the, the personality aspects of this woman. She's, like, keeping so much hidden, but it's slowly being revealed as fascinating. Uh, the character... Of Jack, uh, or not Jack, I'm sorry, of uh, Joseph, the guy who's a sister of Steve Orm, who's also in the wonderful movie Sightseers. Mm-hmm. If you guys oh, man, that movie's so amazing. Good. Yeah. Uh, is, is playing such an antagonistic character that he's funny. You know, when I, I feel like what it comes down to is going into this movie knowing exactly what to expect, I really enjoyed it. Hmm. But the first time I watched it, from the description, I was expecting a completely different movie than what I ended up getting. And I felt like that maybe hurt me personally, anyway, on watching this. I love that this is doing something so incredibly different than, honestly, anything else I've seen. I can't think of another movie I would compare with A Dark Song. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. This it's is a slow. very it's slow burn, like, sort of... But very well acted, not very even, well shot. It's not even like a... It's not a slice of life... It's not a character piece. It's, it's a slice of life for Aleister Crowley. It's, it feels like a a, a like exqu- a, a, almost to the point of painfully explored examination of three pages of of one of the issues from the first run of the Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. It just feels mm. like that. Mm. You're like this is that. This is that moment. Yeah. Uh, and it's high praise taken on that level. I was like, okay, I. I really feel this is great, but I feel like it might take a being prepped for what you're in for. Um, and, and I think the representation of the angel on here is one of those Gorgeous. raise the hair on. Even the first time I watched it, I was like, that's the one part I liked. And then watching it again, I was like, God damn. I was because like, right, a, just the, every bar to me was just like ecstatic. Well, it's we a big there. moment. It's almost like that Cloverfield effect where it's a big moment and something you don't feel can have that big moment. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, there's a big creature in a handheld found footage. This is a, you had a, an and angel. not a generic representation no. of it either. It's a beautiful angel in a movie that you go, that doesn't fit this movie at all. And his voice. That's what yeah. got me the most. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah. like, so cool. Yeah. That was... What do you think, Russ? Yeah, he was uh, like, Hey, guys, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was not bad at You get a new car. And you get a new car. That head Rex has shown up. I thought we would get, get one episode without raw head cocks. Okay, that sounds <laughs> worse than fat head Rex. <laughs> raw head cocks? Well, man, that's okay. pretty much what it is. Yeah. All right. What do you think, Russ? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Um, normally, I try and rewatch the movies for this. Uh, I <clears throat> watched... At the same time as, as Rob and Chris, and uh, I, I, I very much had a very muted reaction to this film, and I, I certainly, um, I, I'm somewhat surprised by the 
the reaction in the film um, that it, it has gained uh, a following, um, but you know it, it it's more art house than horror, but it is a horror film. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disqualify it from that. Um, you know, it has it's it's a slow burn. It has a lot of dread. Um, it, it's not your usual suspense or horror entertainment. Uh, it's it's very well made, um, but it is so dour and uh, and and it it, it doesn't. As Rob said, it doesn't really build to something. I, I didn't. I didn't particularly love the storytelling in the movie, but you know, I I have to say I do understand why uh, people really like the movie. Yeah, I think so, people on our Facebook really want to see. Yeah, it. so if you're you know if you're if you're interested in the movie, I mean, I, yeah, for sure, it's it's well worth checking out. I liked it. That's all yeah. that matters. Watch it. <laughs> Phil liked it. Everybody. Phil liked more it. More. Phil is prepping to be. An A-list director right now. <laughs> like he's it. like, Let's you know what? It. I'm just waiting for my toadies. Where are my toadies? <laughs> Phil's <laughs> also had like four hours of sleep. Are so. you people not my toadies? <laughs> so we're going to do our second part of our Q&A here. Okay. Um, first of all, we have CJ, again, <laughs> who asks, when are you going to do meta or body horror? Which, I mean, we did a lot of body with our Cronenberg episode. It's Saturday, December 16th, <laughs> 2024. But, uh, Wait, is that another CJ question? Yeah, it's another. I love you, CJ. Uh, we will definitely be doing meta horror. We have a list for that. It has like Cabin in the Woods and Scream. And, it's weird that he bundled those two things together. Yeah, they're not they're not two things that usually go together. But um, <laughs> meta body. Yeah, but we definitely we have an ongoing uh, Google Doc that we all work on um, with lists and uh, metas on there. Body horror. I think we may have thought of one or two. I mean, I don't know. We I feel like body horror seeps into a lot of other genres, so yeah. we may. We'll have to look to see if there's a specific one. Does a director themselves have to have a body issue for it to be a meta body horror movie? Okay. Now, now, now here's the deal. We're harsh. answering other people's questions. <laughs> Not your question. I don't know. Star movie, my dick is small. But... <laughs> I think we are taking any and all suggestions for any genre, so we'll look to see if there are specific body horror like classics or, or interesting. Checks all the boxes. <laughs> oh my God. Well said, Rob. All right, what I are we doing next? Take a job. I think that answers um, it. Steve wants to know when uh, we can get a collection together to fly him to Austin to come hang out with us. Well, I mean, our GoFundMe starts tomorrow. Yeah, yes, for just, Steve. We're all in there. We're gonna do. Seven days straight of live video until one of us dies, <laughs> and, and then hopefully, hopefully by then Steve we'll will be able to come. Yeah, then yeah. Steve can come and hang out with. We'll, with, get, we'll yeah. use the insurance money to fly Steve. Exactly, <laughs> I think it seems like a good plan. And then he just takes over whoever one of us dies. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, glad you want to hang out though, Steve. You know, yeah. uh, appreciate yeah. that. I yeah. mean, we. I hope you have a good liver because we drink a lot. Wow, yeah. man, Steve, you have no idea. Um, Michael wants to know where is the streaming horror movie episode? Uh, we're doing it right now, dude. Yeah. I don't know, like literally, this is it. What was he? It's like, like where is the stream? Are you? There what? seems to be some I mean, level like, of confusion. Uh, I, I think that, that was an easy question, though. We're doing it right now. But I feel like it's kind of promising. Like we are not a weekly podcast. Yeah. We're not a every week. We record in sessions. We try and go at least. We try and do two episodes a month. Yeah, that is not always. There's a lot of watching involved. Today. Yeah. There's a lot of homework. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and you know, and we give a shit about what we watch. So a lot of times we take our time, we write notes down, we discuss them, and read you know, other people's reviews. Yeah, yeah. yeah it isn't just like a fly. Like it's a, fly it's a lot of preparation. Yeah. One of these days, we're going to publish our text message threads um, oh, as, as a coffee table book. Our text <laughs> I will kill all of you before I let. Real quick, down. most of them happen at three a.m. Yeah. and my wife thinks I'm having an affair because I will miss eighty-five text messages. You are having an affair with you guys with your love of horror movies. There you go. Not Carlos enough. is just like, uh, it must be the boys. Uh, <laughs> what's next? Um, this is actually a really good question by Jacob. He wants to know, um, what originally inspired your love of the horror genre in film? And I've been very uh, forward about this. It was definitely Stephen King. Like, The Shining, Firestarter were my two big, you know, influences when I was like seven, eight years old and just sent me down the wrong right path. The correct right, like I many before you. Stephen King was a big mm-hmm. influence. Gateway yeah. drug. Yep. I mean, I'm weird in that, and I still talk about this a lot, and I don't think people know what I'm talking about most of the time, and which is fine. Uh, maybe it's unique to me, but like when I was really young, I stayed away from anything scary. I was like, yeah. nope, I do not like this. I want it to stay far, far away from me. And later on, when I ended up getting into it, my mom, who was a psychologist, was like, oh, it's transference. It's this thing where basically by indulging in it, you're, <laughs> like, confronting it. Which it's I cathartic. believe is, is true. But on a very conscious level, I remember watching Nightmare on Elm Street, which somebody had talked me into watching on VHS. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I want to do it. And we watched it. And I remember I had already, for the, I had started to get high. I'd already, like, not during the watching, but I'd gotten high. And I was like, oh, I like this. On life? Like, no, on weed. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is consciousness altering. And that was not that long before that. And I watched the movie and I was like, this feeling of being scared is consciousness altering. It's changing the way I feel right now. And such a direct, like the same way laughter does from a comedy or something. Like I feel it and I'm able to look at it almost like, huh, that's a thing and, and be like sort of rational about it and go, it kind of feels good to feel this way. Like being aware that being this frightened was a good feeling, not a bad thing because ultimately I was safe. You know, I knew I was safe rationally, and so I could just appreciate that sensation of, of, of being frightened by a movie as a positive thing. And from then on, I was just hooked like a drug. Yeah, makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, I've always kind of leaned towards uh, a lot of crime movies and uh, noir movies, and I felt like in the 90s, they had a whole string of movies that, you know, really uh, started tying horror into crime because they really do go hand in hand. Watching someone get fucking murdered. Is not just like, yeah, moving on with the case. It's horrific. And they had a lot of them, and it goes all the way up until like the movie Seven, for example. And like, you had all these movies, and like, that really kind of was a gateway for me to like really falling in love with horror. And of course, I've seen all like, you know, the earlier stuff, but to me, I always liked them to be rooted into some form of reality as well. Um, God, I, I even remember watching a movie with like, Called like the first power with like Lou Diamond. Oh, yeah. oh man, I remember that movie. And it was like it was like a crime horror thriller it was type kind thing. Of like Fallen a little yeah, bit, yeah, a little. Which is why I liked Fallen. I mean, uh. like I, I know you didn't like it. I know you don't like Denzel, but to me, I guess like the crime genre was kind of a gateway into the horror world. And um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. But yeah, yeah. Uspies. Uh, I, I wish it was any one thing. I, I just think um, there, there's there's just some part of me that. Uh, always was drawn to 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 
you know, comics or books or films that had some sort of fantastical element to it, whether it was, uh, uh, you know, science fiction or a horror element that, that just always seemed interesting to me. You know, just anytime you had something that was a little more straight ahead. And I, I know for a lot of people, it's the complete opposite. The minute you introduce anything sort of fantastical in there, they've checked out of the movie. And, and it's just, I, I find, and then, you know, as you get older, you, you realize those things, you realize that, that, that people are using genre to, to talk about things in, in an, in an oblique way or, or a metaphorical way. And, and that, you know, you, you understand the, the depths of the genre. I, I don't know. I, I, I can't think of any one movie in particular or one uh, whatever. I, I just think um, horror was definitely one that I held back on a little bit. I think as a kid, yeah, you're you're very susceptible to horror. It has a visceral, almost physical impact on you. For days, I, I still remember being a little kid and The Exorcist was on TV. Not even showing it was a commercial for The Exorcist. I, of course, had no idea what the hell an exorcist was. And I asked my dad, Dad, what is that? And he looked over at me and he said... Oh, it's just, it's awful, though. How the devil, old uh, can I finish my story? Yeah, yeah. how old were you saw it? I was like, uh, probably eight. And, and we're still dad, trying to nail down the age of the Summers Brothers here? I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my dad, anyway, so, so I said, well, what happens? He it's just awful. The devil takes over this this little girl. And uh, and I didn't sleep for a year. I, it was all I thought about. Um, so anyways, uh, Rob? I, you know, it's funny. I, I was trying to think of... I, I feel like I'm with Chris in that. I, I, I watched horror movie, but more as like, you know, like sleepovers or something like that. Like everybody, you know, everybody ran scary movies or something. But I, I think I didn't... I didn't really... I didn't always... I didn't look forward to it or it wasn't fun for me. Um, I was definitely more of a sci-fi guy. And so I think that as as I've got older, and I think like as with Chris, like I don't think it was probably... It was probably more like... Starting getting into Sam Raimi, like I started getting into him later, and I really dug him, and you know, watching the Evil Dead movies and things like that, and I was like, this is scary, but it's also kind of comic booky. It's kind of superheroish. It's got time travel and all these other elements, and and I think so. I don't know that. I think really it was definitely a later thing that I started to get in the horror. I don't know that it was any one particular, but always responded to The Shining. I think probably more than anything, and I thought about that movie a lot. Um, so I, it's funny, but yeah, I don't know that. I, I think it was a gradual thing, and then as starting to be a filmmaker, I started really getting into that genre because I really liked what you could do with it as a filmmaker. That I thought it was really cinematic. Uh, you know, as we've been talking about, you can you can use it for metaphor. So I think it may have been the more I made movies, I got into it. So, anyways, Indeed. that's kind of my. So they don't take rom coms seriously as metaphorical movies. Is that what we're trying? to I say? I don't know that <laughs> rom coms are particularly fertile ground for metaphorical right? movies. I, I do. I love. I still love romantic comedies. It would be interesting to see somebody try to do it though. No, it wouldn't. I, I don't know that the, the, that genre would support it the way something like like horror or, or science fiction Maybe does. Not. I mean, that's a, the thing about genre that I think that we are, a, as a larger culture, starting to become aware of right now, that there are some things that you can't really make your argument clear with in any way that's entertaining at all for an audience to watch unless it's couched inside of genre. And and I think that also the, the other thing I was going to say about, about genre is... Um, although it is considered a, a lower art form uh, to a lot of people, uh, it, it I think it's so much easier for the audience to to, to reach what what you're you're trying to say for them, and, and because the audience doesn't have to reach for what you're saying, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that totally makes sense. I, I, it's kind of both, though. Sometimes you do have to reach for the message inside of it. So, I, yeah, yeah. I just think also there's just this idea, you know, particularly with like you know we just had the Academy Awards that. 
that films are supposed to be good for you. You know, they're film with a capital F. Right. And these other movies, they're they're sort of trash or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think when you, you go back and you look at uh, particularly some of the French film critics, you know, from the 60s and stuff who said, yes, but these were the movies that, that were really what cinema was trying to accomplish, you know, things like Touch of Evil or, uh, you know, the films of Nicholas Ray that they had been dismissed by American audiences and, and, and that these guys understood. No, these guys were getting at something that some of the, the, the bigger films were not. Yeah. So. I, I and I don't want to you know wax super philosophic right now, but um, I, I mean do. this is a this is a conversation that's been going on for hundreds of years. You know, Confucius actually put forward the first like whole idea. What's the difference between high art and low art? High art is something that's supposed to make you that's supposed to elevate you. It's supposed to make you a better person in the end for having you know consumed it. Whereas low art makes you a a, a worse person. And a lot of people probably say. Oh, horror films, that's, you know, a trash genre. Yeah. Horror films are, you know, make you a worse person because it's blood, it's gore. But I think that we are definitely seeing a big, you know, conversion towards like, okay, horror films can be high art too. Like the, you know, The Witch, for example, I, I think is a perfect example. Uh, and I would even go so far as to say Babadook as, as recent. Um, you know, Shape of Water is. Shape of, I don't, well, I don't really Get consider out. Shape of Water to be a horror film. But it has horror elements. It has yeah. horror elements and get out with 100%. Yeah. So I think that maybe the mainstream audience is coming around to what we as a collective have known for, you know, 30 years. Thank God the rest of the country is finally listening to what deliberations have been. <laughs> it was us that did this, right? That's right. I assume it's because of the podcast that these Oh, yeah, no, we're yeah. totally... Yeah. It has, Unsung heroes. Right? It has nothing to do with these great directors who are <laughs> making amazing films. No, 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 it totally does. It has to do with them listening to us, though. They're like, hey, Doom Patrol... What should we be watching? Well, uh, speaking of which, and and this is actually another great film um, that Phil's going to talk to us about, The Hollow, which has a message. Environmental consciousness, I believe, is a really strong message that we need to be paying attention to today. <laughs> Phil? Okay, yeah. Um, so, The Hollow is a... Um, it's a uh, English-Irish uh, co-production, and it stars... Uh, uh, Benjamin Stark from uh, Game of Thrones and uh, Roos Bolton, Holy also from Game of Thrones, and they're mortal enemies in Game of Thrones. Even though they don't know, because one's stuck in the north, the other's killing his family oh down god. south. How did I not? Read oh yeah, it's oh Benjamin Stark in the lead. Oh my god! I, all these Game of Thrones actors, I, I can't tell any of them. Oh, there's I can. so many actors in Game of Thrones, and they're all good. or in Marvel films that to even comment, "Wow, it's more than one actor from that." Is kind of like. Yeah, because there has to be. They're all good. <laughs> there's there's so many, most of the actors have been on either Game of Thrones or in a Marvel film, that yeah. by definition. If you're English. Yeah. So, so anyway, so um, Benjamin Stark plays a guy named Adam, who's kind of like a uh, a botanist or a conservatist of like, you know, woodland areas, and he's in this area in, I'm, I'm positive, it's in England, not Ireland, It's right? Ireland, it's in Ireland. It's in Ireland, but yeah. it's an English-Irish co-pro. Okay, yeah. so it's in Ireland. So he's in a, a woodland in Ireland, and he's in the forest doing research, and the town folk aren't too happy about it because in this part of the woods, um, there are creatures that live there that are kind of fable and folklorish creatures like fairies and goblins and what have you that live in this area, and he's disturbing them, and um, they live in a uh, an old house that had 
iron bars over the windows. And the more and more he disturbs the woodland, you know, creatures or supernatural creatures, the more they kind of start to, you know, intrude on his own life. Um, and as the story goes, they kind of come after his uh, kind of very Rumpelstiltskin-ish or other folklore things. They come after his child. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensue. And he's got to fight off fairies and, you know, kind of weird... Uh, they kind of incorporate some kind of weird DNA-ish, like, taking over of, like, you know, almost like a virus. Like a... F- it's a fungus. And I would like thing. to get into that. Okay, yeah. Russ, yeah. you're up then. But, but, but I... I I liked the movie a lot. Do you know what? You introduced it. Let's hear the Phil opinion. Yeah. So okay. So 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 I I love this is my favorite movie I saw of all of them. I love this film. I love this film. I watched it. The lights down, sound up, just like completely enthralled in it. I had a couple issues with it, but I mean, it was actually genuinely scary to me. Out of all the films we saw on this podcast, this was like. It's not like kind of a horror movie. It, it is a horror movie for sure. It's not like monster where it's like cool. If you want to get like an education on what it's like to be, you know, a shitty parent and like overcome that and learn how to be a good person after a monster attacks you, watch that movie. If you want to know what it's like to put on like a ritual, watch you know a uh, dark song. If you want to just watch a horror movie, this was my favorite horror movie of the bunch because I mean it it, it, it hits hard. It's scary. Um, great great acting. Great creature design. Um, again, I felt I felt it was kind of a little bit weird when they mixed in like the DNA and biology stuff with turning into a woodland forest creature. A little weird. Um, and there's a really big issue, in my opinion, where it's like these things can't touch iron, and they fortify the entire house. It's like the house, like just fortify a room, and you'll be fine. Like put the iron in one room. Stay in that one room. Stay in that one room Aren't until you just sun- waiting till sunrise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and instead, they fortify an entire home, which is like three stories high and like you know half a football field long. I, mean, I kept going like these are people who literally are as brand new to all this mythology as any as you could possibly be. Yeah. Who are in the middle of deep fucking panic mode, and I was like, okay. But I will say, all like, that stuff was like, I get it. What really, really, really got me. Was when they introduced like, the idea of like changelings, and you've got this dad character who's trying to kill a baby, and a mom who's trying to save a baby, and you don't know if that baby is a baby or a creature, and she's carrying it like on her neck where her jugular is, running through the woods, and these things clearly eat and claw and bite at flesh, and it's on her neck, and it would want to kill her, and I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, it's going to eat her, or it's not, or it is... I did not know. And it caused so much anxiety in me that, like, the last 25 minutes of the movie, I'm just like, what is this baby? Is it real or not? Is it going to kill her? And well, it fucked me up. I mean, up. they used twins. Oh, okay. Uh, for those of you, because podcasting is not a visual medium, <laughs> Patience looked right at me and Rob when she said that. Okay. Um, but I, 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 I had never seen this film, ever. I had no idea what to expect, and I'm a pretty harsh. I mean, I feel like, like you know, like Lake Bono, people are gonna love it. I give it barely a thumbs up. I give this two thumbs up. I fucking loved it, guys. I was a harsh critic. I'm. I, I, Is that? I, I'm I'm never, I, I've never heard that. I, I'm, yeah. pretty, I'm pretty hard on movies. No, not you. Well, I'm just saying. You guys are probably gonna like, you know, smash this movie down to bits because I know you guys. And, and for the sake of, <laughs> and for the sake of going from super high review to not as high review, let's get let one of these guys yeah, go next. Let's, time. Let's I go. loved it, let's Russ. I hated this. Um, um. <laughs> he's, he's calling um. his notes. Yes. He's flexing right now. Yeah, I got a lot. 
I got a lot of problems with you people. Uh, all right. What you got? All right. First of all, uh, I was I, I will I will agree. I think the film is incredibly well directed. Oh, uh, I think from a visual standpoint, very well directed. Agree on the creatures, very well designed. Um, let's get that shit out of the way. Uh, I was uninvolved from the beginning. You know, it starts on this boat, and they go to this thing, and he's walking around with the baby, and I'm like, what's happening? Like, who are these people? Run, and he's like, and then he's like, he's like, he's like walking around with the baby. He's like. There'll be a lot of trees for your father to play with. There's something, some shit like that. And I'm like, you thought what are they doing? Thought it was like, I was like, who are these people? And I don't know if the movie completely ever really explained that to me. Um, and he's looking at like a dead animal. He's holding a baby like a dead animal. He's like, I'm going to hang out and see what's going on. It's dead. What the fuck, man? Um, yeah, but she's r- restaurant. We would okay, choose yeah. Uh, I feel I'm like you watched it on a bad then, then then lot, I have lots of things I could respond, but I'd rather just hear it. I yeah, love, hear no, it no, no, I, I hear love it this. I love it out. so much. <clears throat> um, so, uh, in this giant, creepy house that looks like a fucking fire hazard. I don't know why you would live in this house. Um, and then they got the creepy neighbor, and he keeps showing up. And I'm like, you know, maybe would, people would take you more seriously if you were a little less creepy and you stopped showing up and just... Saying you people need to leave. There's things in the woods or whatever. Um, I almost feel like this couple. I'm like, hey, have you fucking people ever seen a horror movie before? Like you're in a horror movie. Um, I also felt like the baby was constantly in jeopardy and overacting. Man, that baby overacting. <laughs> All right, you know what? I hey, fuck yeah. I guess I just felt like. The baby being in jeopardy, it felt a little unfair to me because it was so – yes, I was very involved because a baby was in jeopardy. But I didn't feel that that was particularly great filmmaking. Um, and then I, I don't understand. Like what are the rules with these with these fairies and these sprites that live in the woods? Like, like all right. And you, know what, you know what annoyed me about it was they give them a book that's supposed to have all the stuff about the fairies and all the stuff in it, and they don't bother to explain the mythology behind them. And here's my main right. thing I'm with this movie. Wait, wait, did you see how big that book was? Yeah, and then <laughs> nobody read it. They just then they had all night to look at it and look at pictures. i got to drink more whiskey for this rant. Okay, <laughs> so my next thing that I, I, I... Listen, here's my main thing I want to say about this, and it's not even the problem with the, the people who were the main characters who showed up and didn't know they're not supposed to live next to the woods, but this whole fucking town of people lives next to a giant haunted forest that shows up and takes your kids and kills all of them and they're just like hey you know what we should do we should set up camp here you know what? let's make a life here let's let's start businesses and live next to this wood filled with people who are just gonna show up and not even people creatures like and they, and they listen here's the deal there's no debate with them whether or not there are creatures in the woods there are literally creatures in the woods taking people I don't know oh my god my uh, all right, so you so love much. this. No, no, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> um, uh, this campaign uh, uh, is by yeah. Russ. They're in a creepy house, right? They escaped the creepy house. Well, real, real quick, you call it a creepy house? That's just a regular house in Europe. Like, that's just a house. I've been I, I've been a sleepover. I grew up in Germany. I've been to sleepovers at houses that look like it. And you went out to German houses, German houses. It was in Ireland. Houses in Europe. Out to European houses. Just saying. I mean, it had iron bars on the windows in the middle of a fucking forest. To that's keep, creepy. They keep the fairy folk out. I think that's his point. Yes. My, my boy point is they escaped the house, and then the movie, in, in a feat of utter lack of imagination. 
puts them right back in the house. They, they just have to go right back into the house. And the other thing I want to say is the guy gets possessed by like the stuff and he's growing like the stumps and the weird and, and it just didn't. And I was like, and then he goes to, to help the wife. And I was like, I'm very confused here. Is he, is he bad? <laughs> is he good? Like this was my whole problem. And at that point, by the way, I didn't give a shit. I mean, I, I really didn't care. Uh, I think the movie's fine. I understand why you guys like it. I, you know, I talked to Chris about it and I said, you know, I couldn't tell you a single thing about these main characters. Like they, they're the the guy is obviously like a botanist or something like that, and he's there to. I don't totally understand. Like, do some scientific work on the forest, but why? Because they're just going to cut it down. He's doing it for like the logging company. So why do you want to like study these trees that you're just going to cut down? Does anyone else understand that? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, he actually talks about at length how he's like, this is whole areas that have not undergone any sort of serious scientific study. And right off the bat, he finds things. He's like, wow, this is fascinating. There actually is really interesting things but, going but, on But here. why are you studying the forest if you're a logging company? Probably you're just going to cut it down. Probably for insurance reasons. No, I Probably don't. for insurance reasons. Yeah, but what's wrong I mean, with that? okay. But for him, he's like, it's a job. I'm here. At first, when he gets there, he's not excited about it. But almost immediately, he finds something that... It's like really exciting to somebody who. I does feel like you're filling in the blanks for a, a movie that did not fill it in. No, they itself. said it out loud. No, I understand. I understand what his. I understand what his paper thin idea of a job is oh in the movie. <laughs> I just, no, I'm just, just like an arboreal. school for eight years for it. Believe it or not, there's people who claim there's jobs where they study. Look, I say, I found the film slightly <laughs> oppressive. It was not particularly a, a word. Old that I wanted to hang oppressing me personally as a as a viewer like atmospherically it was just, it was I didn't understand what either one of you guys had to say about this we confronted each other about this and I was like you guys kept saying stuff I was like are you sure y'all were actually watching this yeah. movie? I, hey, back at you. You were watching The Hollow, not because The Hollow. Because I was right? like, no, I was like, every single thing you said, I was like, yeah, because of this. You're it, like, yeah, whatever. No. Every I, single I, thing. I, 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 I was like, everything you just said, I'm like, no, what is that? Okay. I thought this, I am with Phil. I thought this was fucking incredible. So, so real quick, this is the best horror movie I've seen of this year. Okay. And then you look at what this director is doing next. He's directing the next fucking Crow movie. Oh, yeah. don't. And, well, no, and he's and doing the, the Nun. nun. Yeah. There you go. Well, just yeah. saying. Obviously, those are two huge Somebody Hollywood productions. what he did and went, wow, this is the guy. Well, give him money. Yeah. The guy made this. It's a good movie. Uh, I, but, I really like this. I think it yeah. brings in, like... And you're, you're talking about things like, why would they stay there? It's like, because that's, like, this giant part of, like, Irish folklore that's been around forever. Like, where else like, are you going to move? Literally... <laughs> Hundreds and hundreds of years. Chris, if I told you there was a giant forest filled with evil creatures right oh, right uh-huh. over there, right behind your thing, that would crawl in here and kill you and maybe take your cats, and <laughs> if you had kids, maybe take your cats, <laughs> would you fucking stay there? But no. as far as you're Ireland. acting like they live, oh, you act like they live in America. They live in Ireland yeah, on exactly. an island. No, they're going to go to fucking England where they weren't welcome. Yeah, like they're Irish. They they're, they move to that <laughs> particular area, and it's they're also not, a it's not a big island. horror that's been around. But I don't, know that, I don't think they were from that island, were they? No, um, they're I'm English. Just talking they're, about people in general. They're from London. They're but there they went just, to Ireland. Yeah, they and they did never work. believe for a second there was actually something supernatural going I'm on. I'm talking about the people that live in the town. Yeah, yeah. Right. But it, that is, that's like a little... And but the thing is, the, but that's you know, just culture. part of our... Hey, guys, yeah. here's our culture. We just live next to monsters that kill us. Absolutely. That's just what we do. Sorry. Where do you want them to go? Do you want them to... Where do you want to go? 
any place You're kidding else. me, right? Dude, I mean, they're probably... You're kidding me. Where do you want him to go? I guess you're maybe, fucked, guys. Maybe 25 miles away. <laughs> I know, yeah. Russell, like, just, just 25 miles up the road. Russell, just, if they were in Austin, miles why don't you live okay. in Buda? So let's, go, let's go through history, then. 25 miles away could have been a clan who wanted to kill them back in the day. Well, there's this probably, they all have this cars is in 500 BC. This is... This is thousands. You could move... 50 miles away no, and get a no, no, no. job at an internet company. There's no. probably thousands of horror movies <laughs> that are exactly the same scenario, but for some reason, we would bitch this about is the one that comes. Here we go. Here we go. No, we would bitch, bitch about that, Real too. quick, I, they obviously, but not, not to talk about, they obviously have a relationship with it where they know the fucking rules because they stay away from it. They don't help them. They stay out of it. The little girl wandered off one time and they go, that's what happens. They know the rules. The town folks know the rules. If, you thought, for, if you thought for a second that a member of your family could get kidnapped and killed and transformed into an evil creature by a fairy in the woods, would you stay there? Darwinism. Would you be like, I'm sorry, I got a lease. I just, I got, I'm stuck here. <laughs> what can I do? It's sort of like, it's not going to happen as long as you stick to the rules. It's what they say. They're like, it's fine as long as you stick to the rules, which is why right from the get-go, they're like, you guys need to leave. Because the townspeople are genuinely like, you don't, you're not going to believe us if we tell you what's going on here. We're just trying to, we're trying to scare you to leave to I, some I think, degree. I think inherently, because you're never I think inherently the problem with the movie happen. is that for, for, for me and, and obviously for Russ, <laughs> the, the premise feels flawed. If they don't do a good job selling it. It relies on you to fill in the blanks for what is going on. And you guys did that and because you think the movie works. It does not work for us. Well, you know what I mean? It's just like it doesn't click. I don't really care about the characters of the family. I didn't find – I did – I like the – I mean I think, you know, the guy has a good – he has good visuals. Um, I like the creatures. But from a storytelling and character standpoint, I was not particularly compelled by the movie ever. And I thought it was kind of – I thought it was kind of, uh, again – Kind of gross. Uh, the shit with his eyes and everything, and yeah, that wasn't. Wait, I, did I, you say a horror movie is gross? I'm not into gore. I'm not into gore. That you know, that's not a selling point for me that. ever. Like, but that. it's not. I I need. I want suspense. I want scares. I want um, interesting this, mythology. Did it not scare you? It, it it was more of a suspense. No, it didn't. Like when the things up in the basement, and then he goes or the I'm sorry, the attic. When things up in the attic, and then he crawls up. He's totally an idiot. Like he makes a bunch of fucking horror movie decisions. Hey, he goes up there, and then he kind of falls on his back, and then she's knocked out, and then the ba- the thing gets taken, and they go into the forest. And I just you know, there's a thing with the car. Uh, I don't know. It just the movie didn't grab me in that way because I wasn't ever really interested in what was happening so in the movie. They, they definitely made a lot of dumb decisions which stressed me out, but I... I mean, they made decisions that were dumb but they all felt like decisions you could see someone making panicked in that at moment of extreme stress, <laughs> which they are putting a level rather quickly in the film see, of extreme no, see, see, stress. That, see, for me, something like <laughs> the monster works better because they're in the car and the little kid's like, don't get out of the car. And the mom's like, don't get out of the car. Like, they're trying to not get out of the fucking car. And when they do, like, they're, they're trying to be safe, they're trying to stay quiet. This movie, they continually make foolish decisions regarding their safety and their child's safety. Uh, you know, I'm with you guys that there's some interesting ideas and stuff, but I think another thing, and this is just a, this again may just be a, this is a personal bias. I don't really get into like fairy tale shit. I don't get into stuff that feels like this with like, oh, like, like fair, I know some people do, but like imps and fairies and shit, I don't fucking care. Like that shit uh, does they're not. they're called the fae. Huh? Whatever. I don't, <laughs> stuff like that, like. 
It's, it's, I think it's, it always feels dope. No, I mean, maybe it's because I just have such an affection to stuff like that Neil Gaiman was doing, where it was like, oh, we're doing this, we're like, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is this ancient thing that we're like, oh, we've made precious, but it's not precious. It's fucking dark and fucked up, which is what, and started sort of a wave of things like that that came to movies like this. I like a lot about this movie that it turns into kind of a body horror film in a way I was not expecting at all. It gets kind of grody in that sort of way with this main character who's changing and you were like, what is he? Is he this or is this? That's the point! He's in the middle of a transformation. If he just suddenly was evil, it would have been like that's not interesting. And you don't know what his alliance is. You don't know if he's fully like like lying to them for the forest folk or if he's protecting his family. And I found that really intriguing. Yes. Which is why I did not know if the baby was a real baby or a changeling. It's, I think, it's you know how layered. you felt about Lake Bodum where you're like, this doesn't make sense? Yeah. That's the way I feel about this. I, well, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I agree with you on the aesthetics. Uh, I, I'm going to be the DMZ right now. Um, yeah, oh, wow. I, I am like the Berlin Wall right now, motherfuckers. Uh, I can Let's all tear her down. No, don't tear her down. <laughs> but, Mr. Gorbachev. I mean, I can definitely see both couches point at this point. Um, I didn't hate this movie. <laughs> I wasn't super in love with it, but I, I mean, I didn't hate it like, I, I'm you so, go on their couch. I am so it. glad that we got our Russ rant TM. Um, Don't worry, there's more coming. We, we uh, needed uh, we needed to have at least yeah. one. Tonight. As much as I didn't agree with anything he said, I it loved was, the way oh, he said. It. I just I love it so much. Like you make me laugh. Like uh, it's so great. Anyway, um, I agree 100. percent Like this is the movie that horror lovers hate because. This is the movie where everyone makes the wrong decision. And you're just like, oh, for fuck's sakes. Are we going to... I mean, it's so cliche. It's almost pathetic. And and it's... You're just... You get mad sometimes as a horror fan. You get mad when you're just like, oh, you're going to force feed me this stupid shit that I've seen a million times every other horror film. But... On the other hand, I thought this movie was really pretty, and well, I thought it was sure. I thought it was really uh, an interesting concept. Um, I'm not a super huge fan of fairy tale horror either, Rob. Yay! Um, but <laughs> I will concede there's not a lot of it. There, that's yeah, good. that's true. Yeah. And so, I mean, but I am also like Irish, so I kind of uh, gonna be Don't like, "Don't you dye your hair red?" Shh. Um, <laughs> And what a lovely shade We're not it is. Talking yeah, about this I mean, it looks yeah. great. I'm just saying. I kind of dug the whole idea of the fungus, though, and this fungus taking over. I thought that was like the main point of the whole thing. Is like there's like this supernatural fungus, and I mean, <laughs> who gets a hard on for like zombie ants? This guy does. Apparently, <laughs> like he literally was like, "I'm gonna fuck my wife because I'm talking about zombie ants." <laughs> But I. Th- <laughs> you just say zombants. Zombants. It's common enough that we've like portmanteaued it. Zombants. Yeah. I zombants um, that bitch. But, I, I fucked her so hard I put a virus in her brain. <laughs> Too far. It took her over. Too far. It took her over. She's my slave now. Oh god. Um, I do feel like this was a <laughs> I love really that was based on a real thing. valid, uh, I feel like this was a real genuine attempt 
to talk about environmental awareness because um, I didn't get that from the movie. I, I did. I know. I didn't really. I, did I mean, you know, in, we, a, in a sort of perfunctory way, I guess. I, 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 I feel like yeah. it was. There, we have this um, arborist. Wait, wait. I mean, if you cut down trees. Fairy folk will fuck you up. They will. I mean, the, in the end, the the fungus is spreading to these cut down trees, and it's going to be a global epidemic. And did you did you guys stay to the very like the credit yeah. sequence of the whole? Thing? I, yeah. I, I there's so many good horror movies that end with a Wah! running at the camera thing. I'm like, don't do that shit. <laughs> Stop it. Who thinks that's a good idea? Nobody. That's a terrible Nobody idea. Note to that self. Idea. Take that out of me. I know. Don't do that. Okay. But there's so many movies where I'm like, oh, that was really good. And then they'll have that little post-credit sequence where it's like, rah! And you're like, why was that? See, I there? actually thought that the baby stuff was cheap. I that, thought, see, that is my exact point. Uh, yeah. I feel like everyone's afraid for the babies. And so when they put a baby in harm's way, that I feel like that's a cheap trick to try and create terror for your audience. No one actually, I mean, I didn't believe you. Like. <laughs> The face I'm making right now. <laughs> Phil's face is like he just sucked on a lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's, we call it cat bitch face. Oh my god, Reese Witherspoon is in the room. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Zanae's, uh, Renee's, uh, what's Renee's Zellweger. Renee Zellweger, yeah. yeah. Just, just because it's like, if you write a story truthfully and they happen to have a fucking baby, what's the issue? Well, this was not that film for me. I'm just I saying, what's the, I mean, yeah, it was no, for no, me. It was, it was not for me. It, it felt, it felt very... It felt as I, I like face. It felt very cheap. I, it, it did feel cheap. Your mom feels cheap. But, um, wow! Damn, Phil. I, I got my druthers up too. But damn, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving on. Right. Moving, Moving on. on. Yeah. I well, another like forest movie that right. we're going to be talking about soon. Uh, in in right now is uh, the ritual. Yeah, but it's not your turn, patience. Well, I'm. I was emceeing. You're. I'm segueing. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck me for being a good segwayer. Is you that are a good segwayer, patience. A good segwayer. Yes. So, yeah, we have the ritual. Yeah, so the ritual, here's another one where I feel like it's going to be me versus the Summers Brothers, and I'm sorry, I hate it when this happens, but it's going to be a one. I it's, live for it, Gax. I, I, like, it's, it's white people versus the woods. <laughs> and this is one of the ones a lot of people were talking about because it's just premiered on Netflix. It was one of those films that made its rounds through festivals last year, uh, this British horror film. And then Netflix was the one that picked it up with, uh, Rafe. It's Rafe, right? Rafe? Yeah, that sounds correct. It's weird that, like, how do I not know how that's They're Norwegian. No or Americans are, pretty, are, are named Rafe. That's just not a thing. I think they're sweet. Or, 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 how do they say, uh, uh, the Voldemort's name? The guy the actor just say his name. The actor, no, the actor plays him. Oh, it's Ray Fines. Which yeah. I'm like, bullshit. Your mother named you Ralph. It's spelled no, it's Ralph. There's You're no called L. Ralph. There's no L. There is an L. It's pronounced Rafe, though. It's Rafe. According oh. to him. It is. It is Rafe. Never. But this is spelled R-A-F-E, which I'm like, okay, that's Rafe. Uh, anyway, it's a group of friends, dudes, who are like, okay, uh, let's go on a hiking trip in Sweden. And none of them are super psyched about it. The reason they're doing it is because they were talking about what their annual party trip would be, where it was going to be to Vegas. And then one of them basically got killed in a convenience store hold Liquor store. Yeah, liquor store hold up. <laughs> Whereas the other one was like, you know... 
I thought quite reasonably hiding behind. Yeah, like, a, a I wall. totally thought he had a pretty good reason to. I thought he was a little bitch. I was like, okay, I, but real quick, if any of you guys were ever in a liquor store with me, and there's got a guy with a baseball bat to your head, I've got your fucking back. A baseball bat? It was a machete. Yeah, uh, a machete. Was it a machete? I thought it was like a. I thought it was a blunt object. No, no, no. he had a bottle, but no, they 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 was it a machete? It was no, machete. they hit him first, but I, then they chop him up. But whatever, regardless, I've got your back. Good to know. I've got your back. I can't make the same <laughs> feeling. It's not mutual. <laughs> well, you better have my back. My feeling I call was he didn't really have a chance. He could have jumped out there, but they were just going to come. Well, it was one of those like he didn't know what to do, and it, it well, was that I'm is why the first this... five minutes of this movie are like the best five minutes because there is a lot of ambiguity into what he should have done. Well, he's, it was a genuinely uh, first. This off, character is dealing with doubt, like because the whole movie is about him doubting. Did I? I mean, I was dealing with things in this immediacy of the moment, which are a totally understandable amount of panic. Like, fuck. Guys, How many Phil of us... is staring daggers at me. Right? Guys, if Phil was on those planes, 9-11 never would have been. Right, right, right. He would have been on the other one. That's United, right. That's uh, right. United 83 or whatever. Just but, two people know. standing there as a deterrent right, is just, bigger than one person. Let me just get Keep through going. The, let me just get through the plot. Get through the plot. Before we get into the discussion. Here. Right, whoops, so anyway, so... There's the, a plot to this movie. The reason I get, have to deal with, like, that discussion of, like, whether or not he was guilty of doing being a coward or not is because that is ultimately what this film is about. As he... All these friends like, well, this... It was this guy friend who's now dead suggestion to go hiking in this park, although no one else wanted to do it. I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to do it. And it starts getting me a storm. You're like, well, if we take a shortcut through the forest that has everything but the giant sign, do not go through this forest. <laughs> uh, just take the actual uh, like uh, like path for like white people but, hikers. But only and, because and, Chris Cox twists his knee <laughs> in the middle of the journey. <laughs> what? <laughs> me? The guy kind of looked like you a little bit. Did he? No, he just represented you. Oh, all right. So, um, yeah, a guy twists their knee, like, okay, we got to find a short path. So they go through, they find a hut. They're like, oh, shit, this hut is like, it's it's a little too huttish. And it's got, like, (laughs) symbols on it with, like, that might be evil. And everyone has bad dreams. And bad shit starts to happen. And it ends up being into all sort of like a Celtic nightmarish in the woods type sequence. I don't want to say too much because, honestly, I genuinely enjoyed all the little degrees of surprises that came along the way of this film. I, um, it is another film dealing with a specific part of the world's mythology the way that mm-hmm. uh, uh, The Hallow did. Like It's like really getting into it. In this case, it's sort of, it's it's Norse mythology, but not, in, like Chris Hemsworth ain't showing up. It's not that sort of thing. It's more like the, the, that sort of the horror mythology. Can you imagine if Thor did show up? Like how like, fucking, whoa, this movie would have gone. It would have been a really weird take for this film. <laughs> and I'm sure the filmmakers would have been thrilled for the opportunity if that had been put <laughs> in part of the Marvel's game. connected Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah. uh, I I personally found this film very frightening, very intense. It didn't grab me right off the bat because you have one of those situations where you're like, wow, everyone's kind of an asshole, which is the thing that normally annoys me in films. But it <laughs> is kind of about the journey of this main character who is like denying that he feels guilty about what happened. I didn't do anything wrong, which I don't think that he did. But anyone would still feel guilt over it regardless if he did anything wrong or not. Of like, my friend died there right around the corner <sighs> from me and I did nothing. And I love the way that there's this steadily 
really cool design thing of like being in this liquor store that like he's having hallucinations with out in the woods that gets yeah, at one point just a door open it's a convenience store later it's like a whole section of the woods is a hallway and then it gets more and more like the woods and the convenience store that was sort cool. of merging that I was like wow this is really neat what they're doing with this yeah. and then leads up to one of my favorite monster designs I've seen in years. what I loved the monster design of this movie. Oh, horse hands? I loved it. But anyway, that's my review. I thought this was great. I, I found it scary. I found it uh, intriguing. I thought visually uh, beautiful. That's my take. I absolutely 100% disagree with the monster design. I thought the monster design was so weird. I mean, it's like an elk face hands human. I don't know. That's If you see it, you'll totally understand what I'm trying to say right now. And it's supposed to be like the bastard son of Loki or something like that. And there's like this whole pagan... Loki had a lot of drunken nights. I guess. I mean, just like hooked up I with think some that... Chicken. Don't some, we all? Some yeah. elk There's chick. your Marvel Cinematic Universe, by the way. Right? Yeah. You know, Zeus it, fucked It's actually a Cloverfield movie. Right? <laughs> Loki fucked the Cloverfield monster. In this that, I that. guess. I mean, yeah. I feel like, well, Zeus fucked a cow. And then, so I guess Loki fucked an elk? Yeah, Moose? Work. Thing? I don't know. These are the questions you ask yourself watching this movie. Yeah, it really is. Um, so this is by David Bruckner, who did The Signal, which I also hated. What? Uh, I was, Seriously? Yeah. Not the, the, the 2007 one. That's like three stories where the people get zapped. Oh, I thought it was the same guy. No, it was the same yeah, guy. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, but there's two movies called The Signal. Yeah, but one of them is this from, one. There's like the one. anthology one. This That's is the anthology one. Yeah. I just want to be clear, because there's another one. It's not as good. Oh, I love that one. Really? Yeah. I thought the anthology one was pretty good. No, no. way. I love it. And then one. I guess he also did an episode or one of the uh, snippets did. in VHS, yeah, right? Yeah, VHS, The original yeah. VHS. Um, <laughs> this kind of felt like a Blair Witch knockoff for me. I it, agree. It was very, like, oh, snacks. these four guys mm-hmm. and on a camping trip, and there's, like, these weird ruins, and there's, like, these weird effigies, and then all of a sudden the effigies become bodies, and it just it ends up being like this weird like idiots who trip over their own feet type of movie and so thirty five plus men <laughs> right I guess um, and pagans get a really bad rap in this um, <laughs> what you hurt you hurt me they're evil um, pagans what do you want not all pagans the movie doesn't say all pagans are evil. But I mean, it doesn't okay. show any good pagans. So, oh, un- I see. Unlike the hallow, so it's like Fox News with Christians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, unlike the hallow, these guys Pro-pagan actually news. have a purpose for staying in this village, which is eternal life. So they're like and fear. Well, I mean, the people in the hallow were afraid as, of the forest as well. Why would you want to live in that village of eight people the rest of your fucking life? I know. I you just, get like three grandmas, one grandpa, one chicken. <laughs> right this particular That's second, actually, it sounds tempting. Well, <laughs> at one point they show like a storage room full of like backpacks, like all, uh, you know, Wolf Creek kind of thing. But those people, like some of those people got assimilated just like our main character is getting assimilated. He's bitten at one point and that makes him chosen to born? join the village like he can survive I he may have died I don't I, I thought it was a bite like a horde was it a bite I thought it was I a know. bite I don't know he was and marked it, he was marked yeah he's marked and it went and then there's like this weird point where like they show the other people's marks and they look kind of like swastika I don't know. It was like kind of weird. 
But maybe that was just me. No, I think weird. I remember that. Um, <laughs> I did not see that. Happen. So we have our like. I feel like it was just like a such a typical group of like you know thirty plus males. We have like our hunky guy. We have like the and he was hunky. He was hunky. Um, we have like the guy who no one cares about. <laughs> Cox. Was me. Cox. <laughs> yes, that was Cox. No, no. <laughs> then we have the whiner who like. You know, rested his, you know, his his knee. That's that's you. That no, no, that you. was not me. That was Russ. No, <laughs> I don't you. know. I'll take it. I don't care. You know, you're copping to that. And then we have the guy who everyone hates because he let our friend die. Even though I feel like I think we all would have, not yeah, true. done that yeah. same thing. I would have some fucking ass. Um, Except for Phil, who's like, who's like one of those, <laughs> like, uh, what do you call it? The with uh, Monday morning uh, quarterbacks, quarterbacks with with this. It's like I would have been like, hey, motherfuckers. Try me. No, no, no chance. You know, we should go to the liquor store tonight and see what happens. I'll watch your I back. mean, let's go. I guess Phil's gonna, I you know, ain't. just start beating the shit out of people while we buy vodka. Yo, <laughs> are you looking at my friend? <laughs> Yo, shoe bitch. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I actually, I watched this movie. I was drunk. <laughs> Big surprise there. I watched it. I fell asleep. I woke up. Turned it on again, watched it all the way through, didn't remember a goddamn thing. <laughs> watched it again last oh night, my God. trying to actually. Holy shit. I know. So this was well, my timely. third watch, but I was actually kind of half sober. So <laughs> I actually tried to pay attention and I still did. I mean, the elk thing is. less about this movie than it does about, about other things. My, my life choices. Yeah. Um, don't yeah. excellent, excellent Don't have choices. any kids. Don't have <laughs> okay. children. Whatever. I. I I really can't say one way or the other if I like this. Wow. Film. Okay. So, so, well, um, I'm, I I have no idea. I feel what like I just did a rest rant so right now. No, that yeah. was, but it was weird and kind of slower. Sorry. It was kind of really. It wasn't quite as animated. Yeah. Russ has this whole thing. He goes, oh, I, oh. It just goes. Great, um, once it. coming. I, I, I thought it was a solid movie. <laughs> I thought it was shot nice, and it's cool to see. Uh, Movie shot on the C three hundred. It was the Mark II. It was cool to watch. Like, so what is that? It's camera. a Canon camera, which is not super expensive, and you get to watch a movie shot on it. It's like it looks good. Granted, it was overcast every day, which gives you a great exposure, and it was a pretty movie. It's a, I like it's that. A, it's a sort of upper grade prosumer camera. It's an it's, eight nine thousand dollar camera. It's, I mean, honestly, I did not know that this was a C three hundred. It's cool. And that to look is, at. It is a beautiful looking. I put up against. Probably any movie. It's that. It's it's that good looking. The, the, the difference is overcast in you know Sweden wherever they shot it. It, it adds just your picture quality. It's yeah. a beautiful movie, and yeah, C three hundred shot, which is always cool to know. Um, I thought the creature was done really well. Um, the score was pretty nice and minimalist. Um, I, I thought like did the characters? I mean, did I miss a part where they go? You know what? Nobody bring a cell phone with you. Like, mm. did they not have cell phones? No, dude. It was in the middle of a hiking trail in the middle of like some totally obscure part. There is no such thing as cell phones in those. They parts actually of the world. mentioned that they didn't have signals. Yeah, it's like there's unless there's a tower, there's no signal. If you're out hiking in somewhere like that, that obscure in, in, in a third world country signal. like Sweden that actually has <laughs> fucking cell phones. If you're nowhere near a city, then yeah. 
Dude, the Texas fucking there. town is half the size of fucking Dallas. Dude, you go, out, Dallas. you go out to the Summers Brothers family house and there's barely I a promise signal. you I'll get That's a outside of San Antonio. <laughs> if there's no tower, there's no signal. Don't dude. bring me into this, guy. You, you, you realize Sweden is a huge like, like producer of tech fucking uh, uh, commerce, right? I do. I'm going to allow... I'm, listen, for me personally, I'm going to allow, allow that conceit because it's uh, a horror movie. You've got to disable Yeah, but the also it's like, once again, there has to be a tower within... That's just science. It doesn't. You're saying that this fucking. I feel like Phil never leaves the city limits or something. I, I, you know, you're You're, you're acting like Sweden's bigger than Texas. I'm not. Do you want to look at a map? See how big Sweden is. But I'm not. But I'm saying that like there is a there's a lot more towers probably than there in Texas with bigger cities. We're gonna okay here we're gonna we're gonna have a GoFundMe. We're gonna fly to Sweden and we're gonna debunk this myth. Can my cell phone work? People definitely donate for that. Yes. Yes. They can't wait to get that. I mean, I really, really wish you guys would donate to Anyway, I will support this only because (laughs) I would love going to Sweden and checking out this uh, thing. I I promise you, my American cell phone would work where the fuck they're at. I promise you. My passport's valid right now. Okay. Maybe it's an iPhone thing. Um, I'm not an Android. It's like, no, man, I'm fucking 30 miles outside Austin. It's like, I can see nothing. (laughs) You you can still get a bar. Um, Anyway. Well, it, it, I can it, it, always it, find a bar. Yeah, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Anyway, um, I thought it was a fun movie. Um, well, no, not fun. It was a good movie. Um, it definitely got moments where it kind of got boring, but at the same time, like I, my my main problem with this movie comes in like character development, and like to me, when like. And, and Chris and I spoke about it briefly the other night, but it was like when you have a movie that's so rooted in a character being a coward and not standing up for his friends, you should have a character arc that allows your character to stand up for his friends and fight. And at the end of this movie, he lets every one of his friends die, and he still runs like a little bitch. And to me, it's like, at least go down fucking throwing or fighting or doing standing up. Like, like at the end, every one of his friends dies, doesn't stand up for any of them, and winds up having to run from a creature. And it's like, what's the point of having that entire first act if you're not going to achieve your goal as a character? I, I don't – I mean, I, I, I do see your point because Rob had mentioned that same – that you had said that the other day. And I, I do think that it allows the character arc to happen because he does tell his friend, like, I'm not going to leave you. I won't let them take you. He fails in that. But at least as a character, he has changed in the sense that he is – he was willing to sacrifice to do that. He just was unable to do it. Yeah. I mean, so he didn't do it. <laughs> he he didn't do it. But but isn't the more important thing that that as a as a character he tried to do it. He he changed. He he did try and save his friend. The the fr- the very friend that, if I'm not mistaken, was the one that was calling him out for not saving the other friend. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things. Like it, it is a horror movie. Yeah. The hero does not. In fact, most of the time, doesn't succeed in their journey. And this is one where he did, in fact, try. But when you set it up as a drama, and that's your fucking linchpin to your story, the payoff should be that. Here is my take on the the ritual. Um, The first thing I thought was, oh shit, is that the guy from Downton Abbey? (laughs) (laughs) And it was. It's a British guy, what are the odds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, which, who's from Downton uh, Thomas, the guy that plays Thomas, he's the kind of semi Weasley right? uh, Butler. Oh, which he's he's in this? Yeah, he's the super good looking guy with the black hair. The I guess he has kind of salt oh, and pepper yeah. hair. He's super hunky. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, what I want to say about this movie is this is why I hate camping, and also, um, why do people in movies who go camping always complain about camping? Just just don't go camping. That's what I do. I com- I couldn't agree more. Thank um, you. 
Uh, and then they have the whole thing where they they can't figure out what they're going to do. And and the one guy has the plan. We're just going to keep going. And then the other guy goes, I'm mad. I'm just going to go this way. And they all follow that guy. And that just – that was a dumb horror movie decision right there. Um, It's a very competent film. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I had a great trailer. I didn't love that. Uh, they kept- wait, wait. Did you just compliment the trailer? It did have a great trailer. <laughs> it did have a good trailer. I'm a huge fan of trailers. That's the reason we did the movie is because he had suggested and I showed Russell. I was like, this looks good. The trailer is really great, but the movie's shit. <laughs> I mean, that describes most movies. That's um, true. Uh, or vice versa. Uh, what I, the other thing I want to say was um, they kept having the recurring motif of the, the liquor store robbery in the woods. Um, and it was an amazing image, but all I thought every time I saw it was, oh, man, the crew had to drag those shelves up there <laughs> to the woods. Uh, it was very too. distracting. Um, this is what I get for working on you guys' films, because I'm like going, wow, somebody had to actually move on. That's right. That, see, you start to think there of things that way. some dude making seven bucks an hour doing and, that shit. And the next thing I thought, yeah, so this guy could have his stupid liquor shelves. I'm in the pretty woods. sure in Norway they have a living wage. <laughs> Probably so. Um, then they all go in the cat again. We're getting back to kind of the house. They all go, which I think you had said earlier. They all go in the creepy cabin. Hey, we'll all stay in this creepy cabin. Um, there's no way that cabin is good. Why would you go in that cabin? Um, and uh, and then later, same thing. They're like, oh, we'll go in this other cabin over here, even though we had a horrible experience <laughs> in this cabin. Uh, I didn't understand that. Um, uh, cool monster. Uh, I agree with you. I thought the monster was interesting and and well done. Um, and, it was and then, unexpected. Well, and they get into the, 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 the weird cult, the weird backwoods cult thing. It was kind of a shades of Wicker Man. Um, uh, they did have the thing, though, where the guy, like, um, they, they, there's the two guys. There's Thomas from Downton Abbey. And then the other guy. And they're like, we're going to go prepare him for the ritual. And they drag him off. And, and you're like, well, I guess that's it for that guy. And then he comes back, and they're like, oh, wait, I guess he's. Pre- I don't even know how. how did yeah, they, yeah, yeah. How did they prepare him that for the ritual? Scene made no sense. Yeah, it was really stupid, and then he's just like basically the same, whatever. Um, there was the creepy corpse room, which I thought was pretty kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that. Um, I don't know, you know. And then everybody goes crazy. It was just, I, I definitely thought the movie broke down at the end and didn't didn't really pay off um but you know what i'm all for netflix releasing more films like this this is great i wish you know, netflix would release interesting well-made horror movies once a week uh interesting you know as much as i didn't i didn't think this movie was a complete success um i would love to see more of them and i think you know it points to what we've been talking about a lot which is the idea that these big streaming services like like netflix and amazon have these deep pockets and these films that might otherwise uh just sort of you know we just sort of sink into oblivion. They get they get a nice release on Netflix, and we as horror fans don't have to wait a long time to see them. So. Yeah, I mean, this is normally a film that would take five years for us to come into our wheelhouse, and we it would be like a really super obscure like red box. And maybe you, know? you would have read about it on <laughs> Twitter. Maybe, yeah. Maybe not. Somebody would have seen it at some European horror festival or whatever. I thought for sure your feeling was going to be like, I feel like this film finally <laughs> makes the argument we've been waiting for. The woods need more liquor stores. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? I think that's it. That's yeah, your major yeah, thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I was really excited for this one. It has an amazing opening. Uh, really great for any movie, not, much less a horror movie, where he goes to the liquor store and you know you don't see it coming. All of a sudden, boom, they get attacked and the guy doesn't know what to do and his friend gets killed. And it's a really compelling opening to the movie. It's a grabber. It's not necessarily some monster, or some killer chasing someone through a haunted house, but but I really like that. And then um, and then they uh, they go to. Um, 
then they go to the woods, which again, I thought was pretty interesting. It's beautiful where they were. And, uh, and there's this interesting sort of feeling of like sadness and, and, and the, you know, the actors are all very good and, and this feeling that they're trying to, you know, get through what's sort of happened to them. And I was really, really with the movie. I was really, I was like, wow, this is really intelligent. Kind of like the monsters. I'm like, wow, it's really, and then they go to the, the, they're trying to find the path and they, you know, they just turns to Blair Witch. Like I was really with patience. It was you. so Blair Witch. Like they wander into this thing and they find this cabin and again, if I was camping and I had camping gear, I wouldn't sleep in some dirty house that I've never been in. Like, it seems unsafe on so many levels, much less it turns out it's, like, fucking supernatural. And then I they mean, do it again. And this goes – this and honestly, I thought this was going to be the fucking movie. Like, I was like, it's just going to kind of go on and on and on. They're just going to want to do it. I was like, it's literally the fucking Blair Witch Project. It was. These people in the woods, you know, camping and fighting with each other about which path to take based on the map. Like, I'm like, this is fucking Blair Witch 1. And with weird ruins, true. Yeah, with ruins. Yeah. I mean, like, it was so the Blair Witch, I honestly couldn't believe no one else had mentioned it. And then they, they, and so I was like, and it's going to be the same. You really don't see the monster. You really don't see what's going on. You know, you really don't see what's stalking them. I thought it was going to kind of be that movie. And then boom, they get to this last 25 minutes, which is batshit crazy with like this cult and this like weird monster that they're feeding people to. And they're like immortals. And then, but I, and I was like, props, like, uh, you guys did deliver on some fucking weirdness. Like, you really did show what was stalking them. But then, it, 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 there, it isn't a particularly satisfying ending. It sort of just, it sort of just evaporates. Like it, and I think the biggest thing is that they set up this thing with the main character that there's a conflict about whether or not he helped his friend. And I think, you know, they don't really pay that off satisfactorily to me thematically or character arc-wise. And that frustrated me. I just felt like I didn't understand them. In the end, he doesn't really save his friend or or make a decision that redeems him in some way. He sort of just escapes. So I felt like the movie was kind of muddled in its themes because it's, it's really building on that. Like it focuses on this point, but then it really doesn't deliver on that point. And I was disappointed in that because I felt like it had the potential to do that. I did think the monster was interesting. I I don't love it, but I thought it was just kind of weird with the weird hand face and shit. I it was, was like, like I, it felt like what's the name of the guy in Total Recall with the Quato? Yeah, Quato. <clears throat> it felt like an elk Quato to me. Why can't you just open your mind? <laughs> um, I just <laughs> it was weird. Open. Your uh, mind. I just uh, I don't know. I. I, I I, I, I was glad guys, to see the, but I, I mean, you for guys me, feel like I'm, I'm not hearing how you, if you liked it or not. Because I don't, because I think that there are things that I liked about it. Like I said, like it has really be- interesting beginning, nice atmosphere, nice good atmosphere, actors. good. Yeah, there's much to admire from the movie, and I just, I can't outright. You know, a lot of my friends, like, it's funny to talk to other people, and I, and I, I get this a lot, and I, I probably mentioned this on the podcast like a million times. Like other people. Um, we'll do this thing where movies are binary. You liked it or you didn't like it. There is no gray area. There is no things we like about it or discussion. It's either as Russ's girlfriend is big on the eh or uh, you know what I mean? Like they kind of just, sure. They, and so like I talked to my friends and it, the movie works or it doesn't work. For me, you know, it's more complicated and it's annoying because what people love to do is they pull this weird bullshit like, that's because, you know, you make movies and you like study film, you're like a critic, so like, you know, you watch movies, I just, you know, movies like this. No, man, if a movie's great, I just get lost in the movie. Or, but at the same time, like, if anything, I always feel like I'm less hard on it. Yeah, but yeah, and I think with this one, like, if you asked me binary, no, the movie doesn't work. Like, it wasn't scary. The corn, the, the, it doesn't pay off thematically. I didn't really, I wasn't compelled for a lo- the middle of the movie is just junk. Make like a I, lot of dumb horror movies. Yeah, and, and I wasn't, you know, the characters start to get annoying. And then, you know, the ending just doesn't totally add up to anything. So, 
But I can't outright dismiss it because I do think it's more well made and it has an intelligence behind it than a lot of other movies. But I no, if I if I if you like liquor store gun to my head, no, I don't like it. You'd I be don't, like, take I, Russ instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah, he's more handsome. Finally, than I guy. have. <laughs> finally, I I reign supreme. Rob, so now it's Rob's time. Whatever. But um, no, I just I don't. I didn't love the movie. Um, I don't recommend it compared to something like I thought. Like like Lake Bodum. Like Lake Bodum is the movie this movie should have been. Like Lake Bodum is like you know the, the it has filled with twists. It pays off. The, it's really it's, exciting. It's punchier. It's yeah, punchier and it, it you know never it, it constantly surprised me. It, it changed what kind of movie it was halfway through, but it still felt like the same movie. This movie isn't that movie, and and uh, and um and so you know I just I, I don't think I really liked it. Like I it was kind of a chore to finish. Um. So no, that's my overall take. It's just eh. And like, I and I what I think is funny is to take an overall perspective of these last two episodes. Um, don't go out into the fucking wilderness, with the exception of Cult of Chucky, which is <laughs> don't go into an insane asylum. Well, well maybe um, just don't go to an insane asylum yeah. anyway. I feel like that one is like kind of a safe. But I mean, seriously, the Hollow, Lake Bodum, the Monster, a Dark Song, and the Ritual all take place in these like nefarious countryside settings. I could have told you that. Where I mean, so stay they, in the city. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Us urban dwellers are totally fine, right? As someone who grew up kind of like outside the city, much less scary shit happened there than happens in the city. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I'm... but when something scary happens there, it's super scary. I am never going camping ever again. I mean, that's definitely. I gotta say, the... when, when the when the uh, when the ritual started, I was like, that looks really pleasant. Where they are. Let's go to Norway. Oh, I, I mean, like, unless our GoFundMe like, was like, that Sweden. Looks like fun. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about camping is the work. Like, you know, the part where you're like, let's set up the fucking tent. Yeah, I agree. God damn it. The rest of it is great. You know what I don't like? I don't like the bugs. The cold. They all look oh, super like fucking cold. cold. Oh, well, like yeah, but they're camping in, like, fucking, like, where are they in here? Like, Sweden fin- well, shit? Finland? You know, like we have board? Finland and Norway, Norway, also, Norway guys, and Sweden. I would like to think that if we were all in some kind of horror movie atmosphere uh-huh. where Chris Cox like is perhaps- going to die first. Oh, I, I would gladly. I'm ready to die right now. I'm just <laughs> like, like, let's go. I've, <laughs> no, but I feel I've been like, long enough. If it but, saves these young people's But I feel lives. the opposite, which is I would hope. That collectively as a group, we would not make fucking stupid decisions. And we would not let someone else's stupid decisions usurp what we were going to do as a good decision. Like, the one guy's like, well, I don't care. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go this way. I'm going this way. And everybody else is like, cool, this is a path. Let's, you know, whatever. And he goes the one I wouldn't get it. He goes the the opposite way. No, he takes the path. And the other guys are like, but that's the wrong direction. He's like, but path means civilization. I was all... Good luck, bro. Like, yeah. See you on the other side. Like, I always go, there's characters making decisions that are outrageously irrationally dumb to where you feel like no one organically would make that decision. But then there's things like we have to go, well, in the context of being deeply frightened and fl- fight or flight, there's different decisions. And then there's, we elected the president that we did. We so, didn't know. Yeah, people make terrible hey, decisions. I, I would like to point out, he, we did not elect him. I we did. The, the, no. The people of America did not elect Donald Trump. He did not win the popular vote. Wait, Donald Trump was president? Mm. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Let's I not- thought it was Bill the Cat. Yeah. It's... You wish. Let's go back to the purge. Okay. Yeah. So... 
that's my thoughts on that one. Um, and as always, we really appreciate our listeners who brought us some excellent questions today on our Facebook page. Please always interact with us. We love you. We want to talk to you. And we do, especially the Summers Brothers, who, I mean, your guys' game is on point. Oh, my God. Their social media is, like, lit. They're always lecturing me in their right fire, <laughs> fire. If you guys were emojis, I'd be like, fire, fire, 100, 100, I, fire, I, fire. I enjoy talking to people on there. I think yeah. as long as it's, like, fun and civil, like, I look forward to it. You guys are so funny online. Seriously. Look at this love Again. I don't know why you can't do it here. I've said said this a thousand times. If you are not following the Summers Brothers on all of their social medias, you are missing out on a very, like, hilarious... I'm okay. Russ is really good at it. As well, incredibly well making short, well made short films. Oh, Chris, uh, you have to say. I, that. on the other hand, I'm like, eh, I'm going to post a picture on Instagram like once every five months. I yeah. suck at well, social I, media. It's fun. I like it. I think you know. <clears throat> I don't got time for that shit. No. Well, you guys are very sweet, and uh, we do like interacting with people on there. So if you write us on there, or especially on oneofus.net, there's a lot of great. Uh, I have a lot of great interactions on there, although. Some people have taken us to task on Our there. discussion board is, is a the, little... I got the, we got some haters on there. I was kind of like, whoa. But they're, I, they're in a like... sense, I love it. I loved it. You know, as long as... <laughs> I think I got... Uh, someone said um, on oneofus.net about uh, Pitch Black that to debate the merits of a movie that blurs genre is insufferable. And I was like, well, I guess that's better than boring. (laughs) 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 Insufferable is, you know, something, so I'll take it. That's hysterical. That is, like, the most, like, rosy red way to look at the world ever. I love it. I I want to be you, Rob Zombie. I know. You know what? I'm not always positive, but I do. You know what? So I listened to someone, and they weren't bored. You know, they they listened to it. They... I, I at least drew a response. So I'm going to take the David Ayer thing. Like, you like it, you don't like it, at least you had a fucking response. Mm-hmm. I need to be more controversial other than my hatred of Denzel Washington. I That's mean. pretty controversial, to be fair. I mean, I only got I one. I don't know that it's even controversial. I think just it's wrong, you know? It's just, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't <laughs> even think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think oh, there's any. Who de- did not Because I feel like controversial it. implies a debate of some kind. Like, well, on this side, on this side. No, that's just wrong. Yeah, like, all those websites out there, people saying like, I don't understand why everyone doesn't understand why Denzel Washington is hospital. Uh, hospital is horrible. They don't exist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it exists. There's no alt Denzel community. Yeah. But <laughs> whatever. Who didn't win a stupid fucking Oscar this year? Hmm? Well, he didn't deserve it for that. Thank movie. you. Yeah, for he sure. didn't deserve it because he's a terrible actor. Wow. All right, on that note. (laughs) All right, wait, well. Anyway, keep up the questions. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. um, Send cat treats. Send cat treats (laughs) and whiskey. And as always. And hugs. And hugs. Hugs. We like hugs. hugs we we really do like, like hugs. Oh, they're squishy. For a horror movie podcast, there's a lot of hugs. We hug a lot, actually, hugs. in breaks. You don't even know. Hugs. Uh, and uh, as always, keep screaming. Yeah.